Hello and welcome to Legion Outpost, a very special episode, episode 18. We've got Adam the Computer in the house, but we also have the main man, the Emerald Avenger, Rich. Richard, how are you? Hello, hello everyone. It's uh, it's good to be here in the future. Yeah, in the, in the time bubble. What is it, the 30, 31st century? Yeah, and... 30th, uh, 31st, depending on... It's the 31st, <laughs> and Adam and I hold them in the old-style uh, headquarters, don't we, Adam, in the rocket ship? Oh, yeah, we're in the rocket ship. <laughs> well, that would, that would make it the 30th century, then. I suppose so. Um, now, firstly, well, thank you very much for coming on, guys, and, and thank you, Richard. It's a pleasure to have you on. Adam, firstly, Dayton, Ohio, you hail from. How's it going over there? Oh, it's pretty good over here. Uh, it's kind of weird sometimes. It feels like you guys are in the f- in the future, uh, you know, because in Australia it's tomorrow. Exactly. So just let me know if there's anything I should keep my eye out for. The the, next... there's, vo- there's volcano about oh, to Oh god! <laughs> the comet, the comet has not hit the planet yet. That's all I'll say. Okay. Uh, you know, one day we'll be. Just think about this: human civilization is a blink of the eye compared to the reign of the dinosaurs. You know. <laughs> And uh, if only those big beasts were still rolling around, you know, a big Tyrannosaurus Rex, etc. Um, well, if the comet's getting close and if we all came together and worked really hard, maybe we could all just lean into it, you know, just get it to, to hit us just, just, just right there on the cheek. Exactly, man. <laughs> like a bit of Armageddon style or Deep Impact from the 90s yeah. where they, uh, they teamed up to prevent the end of the human race. Loved that stuff. Now, look, uh, obviously, I'm a very proud man today. And why is that, you ask? Well, on top of already being very proud of myself in general, um, my Justice League Bronze Age Omnibus 3 turned up last night. Um, Adam, you'll be familiar with the story. I've hassled DC for several years about this. It finally got released. I had to fight with Amazon to get it. Uh, I've probably never felt more justified in my life than when this arrived uh, last night. I can imagine. Uh, yeah, you got all three of those Bronze Age now, right? Yeah, well, that's many? right. Yeah. Back to back to back. And, and Richard and I, uh, coincidentally, or perhaps not so coincidentally, are doing two issues of that Bronze Age run on the show tonight, aren't we, Rich? On Signal of Doom, we're doing uh, 149 and 150. Yes. Yes. And we did 147 and 148 on this show. We did, and we weren't overly keen on that one, um, which was the team-up with a million people. It had, like, Legion. Yeah, the Legion, the JSA, yeah. And I heard Marty Pascoe, uh, before he passed away, on um, John Suntress Word Balloon discussing that very story, and he felt, and he wrote it with Paul Levitz, and he felt that they'd gone back to the world one time too many. Um, uh-huh. And... But actually, Steve Englehart wrote right around that period. He wrote 10 issues, or roughly 10 issues of JLA. He didn't write those ones, but he wrote 149 or 150. They were his final issues on the title, and he'd written it from 140. Um, and I think it's a very strong run. It's also got the Manhunters. Um, Rich, you'd be familiar with the Manhunters from Green Lantern? Mm-hmm. And it's got, it, he introduced that them, um, and they got converted into one of the first Justice League animated cartoons. Um, was based on that story from him. So mm, yeah. it's a short run, but a very influential run. Um, so I'm pretty happy with myself. Uh, Rich, I thought we'd bring, we're bringing you into the equation. We all know you from Signal Doom, a heavy hitter. Uh, in terms of Legion, what's your backstory, Rich? When did you get introduced to them? How deep are you into this kind of stuff and favourite runs, that kind of thing? Uh, 
Um, I discovered the, the, the Legion when it was called um, Legionnaires. Right. Uh, which was one of the, I think that may have been the reboot. Correct. Off the Zero Hour. Well, yeah, it started in the five years later stuff, but then they kept the series going for the reboot. But yeah, I imagine if you read it anywhere past like the first 20 issues, it would have been the reboot stuff. Yeah, so yeah, it was probably would have been about 1994, like uh, late 90s is when I got into to to Legion. Um, who's your favorite uh, Legionnaire? Then... Who's your favorite Legionnaire? Dream Girl? <laughs> uh, no, that's, a, that's actually a tough one. Um I mean, that's the thing with the Legion is that it's very hard to have a, a an absolute favorite just because there's just so there's so many of them. But yeah, and they all kind of get a little tidbits here and there. I, I mean, look, I mean, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say Ultra Boy. Yeah, okay. that's a cool one. Good job. Yeah. Um, Good I quite like the idea of you know I like that he's cocky and all that, but also he's he he. He has basically all of Superman's powers, except he can only activate them one at a time. So I quite like That's the right. idea that he's not he's not super OP. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like if he's using his strength, then that makes him vulnerable. If he's invulnerable, then he doesn't have his strength. It's just I think that's a niche in concept. So if if I had to pick an absolute favorite, I'd probably say Ultra Boy. If I was if I was backed into a corner, right? Back on, we are backing into a corner, Rich. Don't forget that. <laughs> Um, right, so you, you go back to the 90s, which that's interesting. Um, and, like, in terms of... Because on what we've done on Legion Outpost a lot, and today's a good example, we've kind of sifted, haven't we, Adam, through different various time periods. We don't sort of stay chained to one time period, although I do enjoy my Kerry Bates. Um, <laughs> yes, we'd like to jump around, but Dave definitely likes to come back to the comfortable Bronze Age. Well, sure. again, probably for me, because where I got into it is uh, Legionnaires is my favorite. And that's the one um, uh, I know. I can't remember the writer, but I do remember Chris Sprouse. Was oh, the... so you read the Sprouse stuff. Okay, so that would be um, Tom and Mary Beerbomb. And that would actually be before the reboot when they were running around as a bunch of clones. Uh, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah, well, again, that's where I started collecting it. Like, that's where uh, I've got the first issue of that number one. Oh, cool. uh, of Legion is and all that, but anyway, that got me into it, and then obviously from there, I just always, um, I've always been into it. Rich, do you remember? Because um, this would have been maybe just before I met you. There was a period where Mark Wade was writing it, and I, and that's actually where I got into it. Um, what 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 era is that? Early two thousands, Adam? Is that like Mark Wade's era? He wrote it twice because he did the reboot and then he did the three boot. So right. yeah, I think mid w yeah. was Wade two thousand and four, two thousand seven. Yeah, about there. He came in around ninety four and then he came back around two thousand four. Okay, well mm. yeah, because because I came in at the tail end of um, uh, Abner and Lanning, like the tail end of that, and then it went to Mark Wade's um, little reboot, which I quite enjoyed actually. Um, yeah, so that would have been around two thousand four. Yeah. Okay, interesting times. Um, in terms of what about the old classic stuff, Rich? Have you ever gone back right back to the sixties, you know, when they've got the nameplates or even the Bronze Age Kerry Bates seventies? <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gone back and I mean they uh, <laughs> they're fun and enjoyable, but I wouldn't say they're my favorite. Um, no, sure. Because obviously I suppose I suppose I'm so used to I guess more of an overarching sort of story. 
mm-hmm. with a bit more consistent character. But again, it's I don't I don't mind reading them, but it's just like um I, I see that old stuff as like as I always say, it's it's like episodic cartoons where it doesn't really if you miss one it doesn't matter. Sure. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if you missed an issue, because they all self-contain little quick stories most of the time, and it's just little adventures with something happening and something being resolved. Um, it's almost like um, it's funny because they're not—they don't really come across as um, uh, superheroes in the original stuff. Uh, it's almost like kids hanging out and shit happens. <laughs> for sure kids being mean to each other generally. yeah 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 there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of like uh, they can be quite uh yeah they can be quite uh mean and, and well again they are teenagers you know i yeah, mean i suppose right. that is that is accurate so <laughs> well back in the day i mean adam you would know more about this probably um back in the day it would have been a big thing when they introduced superboy having these friends who were roughly the same age cuz it would have been around the time surely that they were doing you know the original teen titans and really trying to sort of bring in you know tr- trying uh, to bring in the kind of that maybe that younger audience just growing up slightly and trying to attain that into the teenage years <coughs> um yeah, for sure. Uh, they actually, I think, predate the Titans even right. uh, by several years. Uh, but yeah, like they were supposed to be one-off characters that were just a flash in the pan for a story, and they, uh, you know, were just so popular they kept coming back. I love the latest pages in these old in these old comics where you, thought, you can hear the Legion fans constantly saying, "Look, they're as popular as Superboy. Give give them their own title." That's a common refrain amongst the letter writers. You know. Oh wow! Yeah, I haven't. Uh, yeah, I dig into those every now and then. They're always fun to read, but yeah, I didn't catch that. Oh, there's there, look, and, and that could just be a very passionate fan base. But but it's interesting to see it in the letter pages, you know, because you can tell that uh, they're very loved by their fan base, like from way back in the day, kind of thing. And of course, it was quite a sort of almost a political thing. It was in the Superboy comic, but then they started to sort of that Superboy comic actually contained a lot of very Legion specific, you know, fans. Um, yeah, I'm actually a, a member of Interlac, which is now it's a 45 year long like fan group wow. where they publish an APA, which is like everybody mails in their fanzine and then somebody compiles all the fanzines and mails them back out. Really? Um, but those guys, yeah, those guys have been organized for 45 years. But I'll talk to some of this guy, those guys and they'll talk about how, you know, they wrote letters like a letter writing campaign to get the Legion to have their own feature in Adventure Comics, which was like way wow. back in the wow. 60s you know it's kind of crazy yeah okay that's cool though they're, they're the guys who kept the flame alive the guys and gals and it was a very active fan community don't forget uh paul levitz and others emerged from that as well um jim shooter yeah jim shooter like the like big names in terms of dc comics came out of that came out of that sort of like fan yep. fan culture which is interesting um now uh obviously this week we've got a we've got a fairly full plate. We're doing um, an episode of Just League, um, JL. What was it called? JL Just League Unlimited, yeah. And it was Far mm-hmm. From Home, the Supergirl uh, episode where she goes into the future with um, John Stewart and uh, I believe Green Arrow. And yep. um, then we've got some comics. So what would we, would we like to do first? Would we prefer to do the comics first or the TV show first, guys? I think the TV show. Okay. Yep. Alrighty. Uh, but real quick, I did want to mention um, minor news thing. Mm, yeah. Uh, I saw an interview about Fantastic Four today. Right. Uh, the Mark Wade run, 
and they were talking about how they were supposed to actually leave the Fantastic Four. I guess they got fired off the book yes. at some point. Yep. And they were going to go to do the Legion together. So it would have been Mark Wade and Mike Wieringo together on the Legion. Would have loved to have um, seen that. Yeah, and I guess what happened was Mike said, I have to finish two more issues. And <laughs> Tom Brevoort, I think, was the one I was giving the interview. And he basically said Dan Didio told him, like, fuck you right. about that. Because they wanted the guys that got fired by Marvel, not the guys that came back and had an amicable split with Marvel. And yeah. So then Mike ended up staying at Marvel. So anyway, I just thought that was an interesting story. And uh, I do recall when, uh, just, you know, at the time <clears throat> when Mark Wade got fired from Fantastic Four, there was a big uproar in the fan community and he they then got rehired, yeah. And I, yeah. I, I don't know how many issues they missed, if any, but I do recall it being a big thing at the time. I, frankly, if I can be honest, I've got his Fantastic Four run and I've read like half of it and I'm not convinced it's that fantastic. I'm like, it's okay. It's It's... You, you, the moment for me was where they went up to heaven and saw God, and it was Jack Kirby, and I was like, "Really?" Like, <laughs> I I think the problem is, is you need to put it in. Um, <clears throat> you got to put in context on when people were saying that. Is that you got to remember, like, just just the same with like um, with Tom King's Batman. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you got Jameson in, like, again, his Batman stuff isn't set in the world on fire, but because yeah. it's it's a reprieve from the Tom King or it's, yeah. it's, it's a bit more Batman than Tom King. People love it. Right. And this yeah. is like and, after heroes reborn. And sure. Yeah, Bank exactly. And so at this, the, the, it felt like, Oh, well, this is what it's supposed to be. Or these are the type of adventures True. and, and True. the family dynamic. Now again, whether it's like, Oh my God, it's the best. No, but as I said, when you give people shit and then you give them a little less shit, they're just happy. <laughs> yeah, what it is, is it's very much like, here are all the familiar things of Fantastic Four, let's touch all these bases. Like, it's 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 perfectly decent, um, and it's, as you say, yeah, it's a return to familiar, and, I mean, it's done professionally. It's Mark Wade and Waringo, so, I mean, that's a strong team. Mm. And M- Mark Waringo is fantastic. If anything, the art helps it massively. But I, I, I guess I just went in with big expectations, and I was just kind of like, this just feels like exactly what I would expect from Fantastic Four, and nothing more. Like, I'm not that huge on it either, honestly. Yeah. And when they went to meet Jack Kirby in heaven, I, I must admit, I stopped reading. I've got, I, I've, I've, I've got all the issues, all the Ultimate Collection, and when I got to that part, I put it down on the shelf, and I have not picked it up in twenty years. Um, now, I actually quite enjoy. I, I quite enjoyed that. I thought it was a good. Um... I thought it was a good little story for the creation of Jack I Kirby. I thought it was lame as hell, Rich. Come on, man. God <laughs> is <laughs> Jack Kirby, like, at a fucking drawing board. And I'm just like, like, if I recall, the thing was crying. And I was just like, this is just, I, to me, I was like, this is probably the lamest thing I've ever read. But I guess someone out there has got to enjoy it. You were that guy, Rich, you know? No, I'm, I'm sure there's in. lots of people that enjoyed it. Well, I've not met Yeah, him. I actually, you know, just the way you're describing it sounds okay to me. I don't know. Just kind of a cool <laughs> homage. To... Yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was cool. I thought, you know, it does, it's not even factual. It could just be a dream or yeah. a hallucination or whatever. But I just thought it was a nice, I just thought it was a nice touch of, of Kirby talking to his, his creations and fixing them. Yeah, I guess that's, that's one take. But <laughs> that just wasn't a take I had, you know. And meanwhile, but again, he wasn't, he wasn't Kirby. He was actually God. It's just that God happened to look like Kirby. Uh, Rich, you're not going to make it any better by, by trying no, to... No, it is better. You're the one who needs to... Um, <laughs> Guess uh, what? 
Open, I mean, open is hard, you Grinch. I came in with uh, with an edge, with a cold, dead heart. I saw it, and I just... I remember shaking my head at the time, like, really, Dave, what are you doing? You're wasting your life. And, and I... You have, and you have no heart. I put... That's probably true. Probably true. I try, I try to burn out the emotion. You know that, Rich. And um, now, turning to what we're here to discuss, which is Far From Home, the episode, which I want to say, fantastic start, Adam, and sort of reminded me at the beginning when Bouncing Boy and Brainiac 5 are walking along after everyone's been defeated, reminded me somewhat of the Mordru debut, if you recall, where they went back in time to, to Smallville when they were being chased. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in this one, um, the Bouncing Boy and uh, Brainiac 5 basically have to get heroes from the past to help defeat an enemy, that, which is the Fatal Five, which has basically beaten all of the Legion. So it's kind of a cold open. And I, I and I must admit, brilliant start. And, I mean, this is almost like a little bottle episode of JLU. And they obviously pick up Green Arrow, uh, Green Lantern, and Supergirl, who's really the main focus of this episode, um, and yeah, they, it just sets the plate perfectly. Rich, how were you on this one, and how did you enjoy the start of the of the episode? Uh no, it's a it's a fantastic uh, episode. I mean, most most of the J Justice League JLU episodes were fantastic. Um, uh, and I mean, look, I've never been a fan of of Supergirl in general, and I certainly didn't like her in the Justice League stuff. She's so like snarky shit. Right. Um, but <laughs> I still like her in this, and I think she had some good character moments the only thing i would probably say is a little bit disappointing is how they make such a big deal about her looking dead and then literally two seconds later she's sure yeah she's fine i was like you could have played that maybe a little bit longer well they do the homage where you've got john stewart holding her like superman yeah yeah, from the crisis yes that's from like that super cool but i was like but i was kind of like yeah that's great but then the very next scene she's punching a hole through um is it uh, the what's it yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, is that who it is, uh, Adam? Is it Valadis, the big robot? Yeah, the, um, the robot is Valadis. The giant Valadis. guys, um, or I mean, Valadis is not a robot. Oh. Is no, a Val- robot. Valadis is the okay. big guy with yeah. the brain uh, shield. Yeah, well, that was um, yeah. Just, and I was just yeah. But I was like, that, that's the only negative thing I can say about it is that like you really ham the the, the death up. Like, oh my god, she's dead, and sure. then bang, next scene she's punching a hole through someone. I was like. Mm-hmm. Eh, kind of negates the whole big thing that you did. Like you could have had maybe John Stewart do that, and then Brainiac sort of maybe helped revive her. If you could you resurrect know, Dwayne McDuffie from something. the grave, if you could resurrect Dwayne McDuffie from the grave, you'd give him that note. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no, not just note for him, just for future people. If you want oh, right. tension, Others, yeah. if you want, if you want suspense, if you want, you know, you can't have the character just miraculously sure. Be okay in the next scene. Mind you've you, to, there's a lot of comic it. book writers who should be taking that note. How many times have we seen, you know, like? But I agree, they didn't just show her as defeated. They did show her like she was actually dead and being mourned, and then mm. second, and, next second. And I will up. say this: after watching the episode, I very much wanted to uh, watch the uh, two seasons of the the Legion cartoon. Yes, sure. Uh, Connor Kent's in that, isn't he, um, Adam? Nope, that's Clark. Oh, oh, slow down! Oh, and there's all there's also some other clone character. Well, right? no, they, well, there technically there is a type of Connor character in the second season yeah. where there's Superman a clone of, of Superboy. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. But the first oh, yeah. season is is Clark Kent. 
is, is right. Superboy Clark Kent. Oh, that's all right. I, I've never really watched it. I did watch a couple of episodes when it came out originally, but I've never actually sat down. Is it on HBO Max, Adam? Do you know? I think it might I be. I don't think so. No. I don't, oh. I don't think it is. Now, um, uh, one thing I thought before I, Sorry, I move on is mm. uh, my favorite part of the episode was at the end when um, when Kara says to Superboy in that message, I, f- I found, you know, I met this boy. Oh, yeah. And then Superboy turns to Green Lantern and, and John Stewart goes, now about this boy. And obviously the boy is, a, is Brainiac. <laughs> that yeah, was well, he says, what's his name? Yeah, <laughs> yeah what's his boy's name? And, it's like, and they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> that was a good ending, actually. I've got to say it was a very well done episode in terms of story. Uh, you could, And I liked the way you could just go into it. And, and really, I mean, if you had any familiarity with the Legion, it was, it was a treat. I'll tell you what was a treat, Adam kind of a shame that really only two members of legion got speaking parts but you did see plenty of the other legionnaires who are being controlled i saw block i saw cosmic boy uh saturn girl on fire yeah. yeah that was going to be my comment is i like it it's a really good episode of a really great series but i think when i uh watched it the first time you know i didn't watch it back in the day i kind of was in the phase where i thought i was like too old for cartoons probably sure um but yeah, when I did watch it and I knew there was a Legion episode, I was kind of like, you know, a little sad that there wasn't more, um, you know, speaking parts for the yeah, Legionnaires. But, yeah, yeah. You know, I understand why. And it was cool to focus it on Supergirl and Brainiac 5 who have that great romance. Yes. Um, and cool to have her end up staying with the Legion, which I really like that because I actually like Supergirl with the Legion sometimes even more than Superboy just because he kind of hogs the spotlight. You've mentioned this before. I mean, yeah, uh, look, <laughs> yeah, I, I like Supergirl. You, you won't get Dave to agree with you, though. No, yeah. but I, I do like, I do agree with him. I like Supergirl. And remember, Adam, we did that comic which happened right around Crisis and it was before they their minds got wiped about Supergirl, and you had Brainiac Five just watching the tape again and again of her of her dying, basically. I don't think we actually covered that, but you, I think, read it. Oh. Um, you, you sometimes you're an overachiever, Dave. Turns out, Thank you. but yes, I do remember that issue. It was a very cool issue. Yeah, yeah, and they had quite the romance, which I which I think is 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 really cool. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, just such a such an enjoyable episode, and like, you know, Green Arrow. I've got a question. Was he needed in this episode? Yeah, you, you you could almost say he he almost didn't do anything. Um, yeah, oh, I disagree. Yeah, I'm just saying you could have maybe brought in a bit more legionnaires, and and, and only had Green Lantern and her, is, is and then you know could have brought in more no. Legionnaires. But the problem is, is one you got to take Green Lantern out of the equation because he's so powerful, mm. and two, uh, Ollie's kind of there because it's um. He's familiar with Supergirl, and he's kind of there to sort of be the grown-up and kind of noticing what's going on between the two of them. Sure, that's true. Yeah. So sort of, like, like he, so he does have the he does have a function, but he doesn't overstay, and that's why you probably feel like he does nothing because he's not there to hog the that's spotlight. True. It's it's a Supergirl uh, episode. Uh, like yeah. you might think that uh, it might play better if you watch the series. Uh, back to back, rather than this one by itself, where you kind of see the Supergirl Green Arrow relationship. I guess. Right, okay, I've got a question about Supergirl in the show. Uh, honestly, I, I did she come from like Argo City or something like? Because they did mention that she came, she crash landed on Earth when she was like a teenager. Was it? Was there an episode which had her arriving? I think it was in the no. Superman show, right? 
was it? Yeah, yeah, okay. that would be in the Superman. All right, okay, so but it was in the Superman, which is the same universe, yeah, the same you know continuity. Yeah, yeah, the Batman and the Superman are the and the Justice League are the same. Uh, uh, right. Continuity, yeah. And did she come from Argo City? Is that was that? Yes, the... I think so. Or Rao City, whatever. I can't remember what they said it was, but yeah, she came from a Kryptonian um, city. Cool, yeah, because they mentioned that, she, and, and it makes sense that she's at home in the future because. She grew up in, they say, she grew up in a, a culture that which, you know, very advanced technology and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think Green Arrow said it must be like living in the Stone Age, uh, her, you know, in 20, mm. 21st century um, Earth. Mm. No, great stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I, I just, I, I, I found myself, Adam, almost wanting to pause the show when at, towards the end you saw all the Legionnaires in the sky. And I saw Block, and I was like, wow, how cool the Block's getting an appearance. You know, such a random... Uh, yeah, that was very cool. I liked kind of picking out everybody. Yeah. And they got a good number of them in there, which was cool. Um, I was going to tell you, uh, for the Superboy and the Legion show, I know you can. they came out with a Blu-ray recently. You can get mm. pretty cheap, maybe like, you know, 20 bucks US, which I think is worth it. Yeah. Um, and on that show, the first show, or the first season's a little more like Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. Uh, but then it's kind of like the Young Justice show. They do a time jump, and then the second season, they're more grown up. Um, right. I think it was pretty interesting the way they did that. That's all I was going to say. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, that's 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 always cool when that happens. Um, I want to, just before we jump away from this and into the comics, Rich, how is your Legion collection? Because I don't know about, about you guys, but I, I got the three Silver Age omnibuses, and I, I've really been loading up recently. Um haven't I, Adam? Like my my hard collection of, of I've got the, they've put out the two Superboy mm. Legion of Superheroes with Paul Levitz, two hard covers of that. They've done one before the darkness. Rich, are you much of a collector of Legion, or are you just happy with your Legion? Uh, again, not not the old stuff. Most of my collection is mostly basically from the nineties onwards. Right. Um, okay. So I've got it's a lot the, of gold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I said, well, the, uh, and again, Adam, you are right. I think Wade did the the Legionnaires in 1994, and then I think that became an ongoing series in 95 after Zero Hour. So I've got that as a collection, and I've got then the um, I've got the next reboot, which was um, I think Wait, I think yeah. they went back to Legion of Superiors. I think it was. Right. Yeah, and then it became Supergirl and the Legion of Superheroes. Yes, and then I've also got the collection of the one after that, the next reboot, which was the one after uh, the next Jeff Johns. Yes, which came out of the um, the 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 final crisis. Yeah, well, that's really my heart. We we did Ah, that. I love that. That's probably my two favorite. Like, if I had to pick other three, I like the Legionnaires, uh, the the Chris Sprouse. Uh, run and all that, and then I like the fi- after the Final Crisis one. Um, that's probably my two favorite. With my, Wade's one being kind of in the middle there. Where does Bendis land? <laughs> uh, doesn't even land. He fell off the cliff. And how sad is it? And and, and no offense to Legioners out there who do enjoy his run, but like it just feels like even on the fan communities, like there is there is a few people who were like just happy to have a comic, but. I, I just can't understand why anyone's excited for Ben just to keep doing Legion. Like, oh, you know. Sp- speaking of the collection, have you guys done Legion of Superior Secret Origin? Have Have we, Adam? I don't know. No, we haven't done that one yet. Uh-uh. You should You should do that. That's a That's another good. Um, yeah, we should. It's a kind of a re. It's like a retelling of the um, of the origin. 
Yeah, that was a pretty good one. That was uh, right around with the good, new 52, I think. Yeah, I with well, before that, actually, I think. Okay. With really good art. Gee, it's hard to yeah. beat how they originally turned up, though, you know, and, and gave Superboy the test. I love that storyline. Well, I think I the Secret Origin one has... Does it have Superboy in it? I can't remember. I don't think... No, I don't, I don't think, think so. Oh, what? No, Superboy in the Origin? Are you kidding? Yeah, but it's it's by... It's by uh, the artist is Chris uh, Batista. Uh-huh. He's a very good artist. And I think it's Paul Paul Levitz. Is he related to yep. Dave Batista? I have a, I actually have a page from that series um, of Batista's art, and then I also have a Booster Gold page by Batista. All right, well, we'll we'll, we'll he's he's a very good artist. I mean, every face looks exactly the same, but other than that, he's (laughs) he's very good. He's done a lot of Legion, and he's actually a really big Legion fan. Mm. That's cool. Uh, And Adam, we should put that in the notes. Mind you, I've got a couple of comments. Um, Am I the only one in the Justice League cartoons? Has anyone else noticed that women nearly always like look the same? Like, there's just a there's a real sort of like visual style they adhere to in those cartoons. Like, I, I was just noticing that like Supergirl looked very similar to like Catwoman's face. Like, they, they I'm sure this is like intentional, but am I, am I the only one to notice this? Uh, I think some of the faces look the same, but some do look different. Like, um, like Hawkeel does have a different face to uh, Wonder right. Woman, but yeah. I guess uh, it's just his. I think it's just Bruce Tim's style. Like when it comes mm-hmm. to woman, um, so uh, he would draw it he, all. He, he he seems to have less um, or want less uh, variations because I think I, I guess I guess most artists just have an ideal way that someone should look. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and their physiques are always very similar. Yes, I remember. Exactly. Um, well, yeah, to be fair, super- all the men have the same body as well. well yeah, that's what <laughs> I was getting at. I remember as far back as that Superman World's Finest thing, kind of looking at Batman and Superman in that movie, and then it was like, wow, they're really <laughs> similar shape. Well, to be, yeah, the only difference, I think one was slightly shorter than the other when they weren't in their costumes. Yeah. Which yeah, makes me was- believe that Batman wears uh, platforms. So would, would would he, do you reckon he would sort of have a style guide which he would, because obviously other people doing the animation, but they would sort of go off his models. Is that how it would work? Yes. Right, okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I just think, I mean, it does give the, the series a distinct look, like the whole universe sort of like a, a flavour, which I think um, is interesting in itself. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so, it's kind of it's kind of like he wants all of his women to look like the, the Betty Page mm-hmm. um in, in more very cartoon simplified form. Yeah. Gotcha. Out of 10 guys. Would, uh, sorry, you go ahead. Adam, uh, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I would love if they got back to that style a bit more. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so would I actually considering what they've given us uh, in recent years, which has been up and down in terms of animation and sometimes very down. And it's sad when you can watch a cartoon from like 1990, whenever this was. And, um, it looks like 2006. Be- 2006 was it really okay well it looks yeah. a lot it looks a lot better than um what's out now you know if you compare well it i think yeah Ju- justice league started in 2003 i think or okay. 2002 right. and went to and went to 2006 7 wow. right I, I remember when um justice league came out just how how high in supply of that i was i was just i was like it was the early days of torrenting, and I remember I remember downloading those episodes as they came out, like very hungry for it because I'd been waiting for the Justice League 
cartoon for a lot of years, if you think about it, like all through Batman Animated Series and the Superman show, you know, to have everyone all together, it felt like a really big moment kind of thing in terms of the, the fandom. Um, mm. Yeah, enormous. Now, out of 10, guys, I'm going to give this episode 8 out of 10 Legionnaires. Rich, what about you? Uh, I will give it uh, 8.5 yes buzzers. Okay, and and Adam, the computer, what are you gonna what are you gonna do? I'm gonna give it seven and a half like uh, flight rings out of ten. <laughs> nice one. Um, well, yeah, and I mean that's it's a it's a strong episode, and I strongly recommend people check it out. And I and I particularly like the way it ended. I thought it had a good ending. They tied it up. They they left it in the future, and it ended with a good joke about Brainiac. Uh, For sure. Now, in terms of it's actually it's actually a bit of a shame that that didn't lead to a spin-off show called Supergirl and the uh, and the Legion or something like that. Yeah, I would have preferred one in this style to what we did get. What I do like the show that the, that we did get. No, no, but I'm just saying I'm surprised that they since they put her there yeah. and it gives you a super character like mm-hmm. someone tied to Superman. I'm just very surprised that right then when they did that show or that episode or a year later that they didn't spin that into the next spin-off since Justice League was coming to an end. Oh, good point, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, Rich. I mean, you know, and, you know, today they probably would do that because they're so determined to milk everything dry, but um, I guess they were just trying to, they were just trying to sort of pay off the character in a way, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I want to, I think we should do the Superboy uh, ones first, starting with 172, and then at the end of it we'll go back and do the classic. We've, we've, we've got Adventure 310, which is obviously from, like, 1963, I believe, Adam. But I thought we could kick off with the Superboy and the Legion stuff um, from 172 first, if that's okay with you guys. Yeah, and uh, Dave is always asking to go back to the Bronze Age, but we got to the point where if we went forward, I think we only had, like, one more Carrie Bates story. So we so, went backwards and grabbed yeah. a few. And these are actually the stories, the very first Bronze Age stories. Right. Um which lead right into what we've already covered. Um, yeah. The issue after what we're covering today would have been the wildfire issue, Dave. I don't know if you remember that one. I do recall but, it, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just can't get enough of this Bronze Age stuff at the moment. Like, I, I really want to make an admission. Kerry Bates is still alive. Um, I, I discovered this information out uh, last night doing some research. Apparently quite a private person. Um, mm-hmm. But if we could coax the great man to come out, and and talk us through some Legion and some Superman. Can you imagine? It would, it would be, be pretty um, cool. I think epic. Uh, be like it'd be like Frost Nixon. You know, interviews <laughs> could take place over like you know twelve weeks. You know, the attention of the world's media upon it. Fantastic stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm just picturing it. And uh, but anyway, do you want to take us through? What I particularly enjoyed about this, and Adam, you did a fantastic job. Um, the, cause when I first saw the reading list, I was like, Jesus Christ, like this is going to be hundreds of pages, but actually this was from the era where Superboy had his own title and Legion were kind of sort of like the second storyline. Would you agree? Like they sort of had a short story inside the Superboy title. So it wasn't actually that much reading really. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, they start out at like seven pages and then they go into, you know, 12 pages, um, but yeah, this is they, this. Uh, it says on that first page there. It says 
with this issue, we welcome the Legion of Superheroes into my magazine, mm. speaking from Superboy, yep. after their recent appearances in Action Comics. Yeah, they had a backup in Action for, you know, 12 issues or something. Yep. Uh, he was an active member of the group of 30th Century Crime Busters for some years. I could reach their era by crashing through the time barrier. Now he's a reservist, and I have a tail, yada, yada, yada. Yep. But yeah, so he's got, the Legion are going to be around. They're not going to be in every issue, but they're going to be around. And good work, DC, to sort of realize, like, you know, like, honestly, you introduce Superboy to the Legion. You know, who knows what Superboy sales were? I wish we could have some idea of what the sales were like in the 70s on Superboy. And then I think by combining in the Legion, I think you're sort of like, you're getting a two-for-one deal. And if I'm a kid sitting there with my, you know, what would it be a quarter back then, Adam, do you reckon, to buy the comic? Well, let's go to the front page. Uh, I think it was uh, 15 cents. So less than a you quarter. Could, you you can probably find out how much was probably printed, but yeah, you wouldn't be able to find out sales because well, even even the, printed. But just to get an idea, do you reckon we'd be talking over two hundred thousand? Uh, oh yeah, I bet. Yeah. Fifteen in that cents. day and age, I'm sure. Gee, I would have I would have spent it. You, you know what what what? This is like early seventies, yeah, seventy one. What would you have been picking up? I would have been picking up some Batman. I would have been picking up some Superman, and probably I would have been picking up some Superboy. You know. I, I could, I'm sure you'd be getting Brave and the Bold and World's yeah. Finest. Oh, 100%. 100%. I would have been, fo- much like now, I would have been very Batman, Superman focused with my DC, you know? <laughs> and <Sure>. uh, <laughs> What about you, Rich? What would you have been doing with your, with your pocket money back in 71? Why, well, chewing gum. Why, well, chewing gum. <laughs> I like it. But 15 cents, who could pass um, that up, you know? Um, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, look... Um, that, I mean, that's literally what I was doing with my with my paper route money anyway. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would always stop off at the because again, when I was collecting comics in South Africa, there was no comic book shop. I there were spinner racks in convenience stores and supermarkets and stuff. So uh, I would always be stopping off and going through the spinner racks. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's why for a long time, um, until I discovered actual comic book shops, I had a lot of gaps in my collections because. Sure. It wasn't like it came out regularly, monthly on these spinner racks. It was pretty yeah. much whatever, whatever. <laughs> take, take, take your chances um, kind of thing. Yeah, um, so I was already doing that. I was spending my pocket money on uh, or just on anything that looked uh, interesting. I've got a question for you, Adam. You're, you're over there in Dayton, Ohio. Sometimes mm-hmm. when you're in the States and you go to buy something, they're like, that'll be, you know, a dollar plus tax. And, you know, yeah. how do you know... Like, because I never understood that. Like, I was always, I, I was always, because I'm used to in Australia, like, there's a price on the shelf, that's the price. Huh. Do you have, that's like, funny. a percentage that you know it's going to be? Yeah, very it? state it's, to state. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah All right, well, in Ohio, it's, like, 7%, so. So if you no, bought a comic uh, book for 15 cents back in the day, would they still have added tax onto it? Or was that more a recent thing? Not sure, yeah. Okay, well. If I wasn't around back then. Wasn't around back then, you can't <laughs> consult the Oracle. Okay, well, getting away from Dave's questions about tax because uh, you know that, that is fascinating <laughs> stuff. Um, Adam, Putting want... people to sleep, Dave. No, no, I just like to. I like to sort of utilize the knowledge base we've got here at times. You know, like I like. Well, to... and it was interesting for me because I didn't realize you guys didn't, you know, have your tax tacked on. It's like included do. in the price, yeah. so they they we have. Should a... do that. Yes, you should. They have a goods and services tax here, but it's included in the price that you would see. So. Which I think and then on your receipt, it shows you what you paid in Exactly, GST. yeah. It gives you, gives you the breakdown of the GST, which I think is the better way to do it, frankly. 
you know, around... it's, the easy, it's an easier way. Yeah, it's easier. Yeah. Like, and especially if you're a tourist, well, you know, because I'm like, I don't necessarily trust some of these shopkeepers, like, too, of plus tax. Yeah. And it's like, you could get, think you're getting ripped off. Yeah. Definitely. 100%. I know, I think also, like, they don't, you won't have that if you're buying, like, food. Right. At most places. Okay. So, gotcha. yeah. anyway. Okay. Well, that's fine. All right. You want me to get into this one? Get into this one. Brotherly Hate, it's called. <laughs> Good title. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a cool, I think that's a Neil Adams cover. My dad gave me this one. Uh, Rich, you're probably not familiar, but I got into the Legion from my dad, who was a big Legion fan, and he had a whole box full of Legion comics that he gave me when I was coming up. But Your dad had a very hot take on Dawnstar, um, which, I mean, <laughs> normally, I think I think Adam's dad's been a very, very great man in terms of giving all these comics, but not a big fan of Dawnstar, which is interesting. Call her a minor Legionnaire. <laughs> but yeah he's uh he's you know he's an older guy so yeah. um she's pretty he's useless probably more of a silver guy uh, but, but yeah it's not but but the look of Dawnstar, i mean she's fantastic you know my grill on uh, art duties you know like, character with wings oh yeah don't, <laughs> don't have many of those in comics well it wasn't even so much that he was acting like she was useless it was just the fact that he acted like he didn't remember her and i'm like what are you talking about she's in half these comics you gave me <laughs> anyway i'll just so blame you... that on old age anyway get, let's get yeah. into it what's happening yeah so this is brotherly hate um this one focuses on lightning lad and his brother lightning lord yep uh lightning lord was a member of the legion of supervillains but uh, for those that don't remember, those were normally villains that the Legion faced as adults. Uh-huh. So we saw them a lot as adults, um, and this is kind of establishing him as a kid. Right. So we get a recap of the origin with um, Lightning Lad, Lightning Lord, and Lightning Lass getting their powers. And then the origin of them saving RJ Brand uh, and becoming the Legion. Uh, and they kind of established that Lightning Lad was looking for his brother at the time that he founded the Legion, and he never did find him. So this is the first time Lightning Lad is finding his brother after all these years. All right, okay, because they're not, they're not here, they're not uh, adults yet, yeah. Yeah, and at this point, the Legion had fought Lightning Lord one time with the Legion of Supervillains, but uh, that's it, and Lightning Lord, or Lightning Lad was not there. Right. Uh, so yeah, Light, Lightning Lass, or I guess here at this point, it's Light Lass, and her boyfriend Timberwolf uh-huh. are with them. Uh, and Lightning Lad and Lightning Lord have a bit of a duel. And then Lightning Lord is taken out by Lightning Lad when he uh, shoots and hits some uh, silver ore, which is a great conductor. And it takes out Lightning Lord and turns his hair white like we're used to seeing him right. as an adult. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. I still oh, can't believe our own brother could turn criminal. After he returns the loot and spends some time in jail, he may have second thoughts. But unfortunately, he doesn't really, because we know that he, they fight him when they're adults. Correct. Yeah, so it's that's cool. That's It's an origin story of the villain, really. Yeah, exactly. Um, in Lightning, La- uh, Lightning Lord does normally kind of go back and forth between being good and evil. Sure. Um, Flipping. His thing is that he comes from a planet where everybody's twins, and he's twins. not. Yeah, he didn't get of, a twin, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think that's probably established at this point, but that's kind of his thing. 
That's well, no, I think that's something they added when they started, obviously, starting to delve into characters and right. motivations and all that sort of stuff and why he is the way that he is. Wow. Precisely. Yeah, that was awesome. Hey, does... Lovely. I have a question. Does Timberwolf... Timberwolf uh, predates... Uh, Wolverine. Wolverine, I'm it's sure. Like, yeah, yeah so Dave he's, a, he's the original it. Wolverine. Yeah. It's correct. Um, yeah. He, you know, looked more like this uh, up until maybe just before... Uh, Wolverine came around, uh, but yeah, he's kind of similar. Well, the same guy created it, wasn't it? Wasn't Dave Cockerman the artist? He didn't both? create him. No, but I think he Ed, redesigned Edmund, him. Uh, yeah. Oh right. No, okay. yeah. It's... So he does. He redesigned Timberwolf, and then took, and then and then when he created, you know, designed Wolverine, like it was a similar influence. Is that right? Could be. Yeah, mm-hmm. though I guess he didn't introduce Wolverine, did he? Because that was, um, you know, I think John Romita actually <coughs> designed him, but uh, Herb Trimpey's the one that drew him first. So no, but I, I, but I think yeah, but I think the original Wolverine you never you only saw him with the mask on though, oh, wasn't okay. it? Yeah, I think you're right. So yeah, there's um, definitely some influences there for yeah, sure. There's, you know, yeah, there's like there's a bit of cross pollination, I guess, is how you would describe. I do it. like Timberwolf as well. He's another. Again, see, there's so many Legionnaires that I like. <laughs> yeah, I, I like heaps of them too, Rich. My favorite's Dream Girl. I mean, I think. She's oh, of course, yes, we know, we know. Jeez, <laughs> how would you know? How would I like, you? Yeah, I, I wonder if it's got anything to do with the costume. Lots of the costume. <laughs> how, how did you know that, Rich? Because you say it all the time. Oh, do I? Okay. All right. Well, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that's 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 how. You, okay, that's how. Okay. I'm sure Adam will attest that you've probably said it on every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he has. <laughs> all right. Okay, okay. Okay. Well, glad you can answer the question there so succinctly. Um, for me, uh, a nice little issue. Um, I really enjoyed the artwork from back in the, this time period. Is this stuff Adam collected in the collections, the hardcovers and stuff that have been put out? Because I'm just trying to work that out actually. Or is this in uh, a gap? Yeah, this is in the gap. So this would be the Bronze Age Volume 1 if they put it out. Yes, um, that's the one I'm after, it, really, isn't it? Like, after the Silver Age archives, but before the Superman, Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes hardcovers. How weird, yeah. that, how weird that they didn't start it. Like, why would you consciously leave a gap? You could have collected these um, short stories easily. So they did that because they collected in the archives through um where they picked up in the superboy right so for the archive collectors like they were glad but now us who yeah. can't really get the archives because they're pricey are like damn it they have all this stuff not collected but really if you could afford paying 300 dollars for an out-of-print archive sure yeah we get it yeah i got you that well that makes sense Liz. but they should go back and do some bronze edge i'm really hoping that that dc get a fucking clue and start um, collecting the Superman Bronze Age stuff, um, you know, instead of making us wait like for them to get all the way through it. Like, why can't they just re- start releasing? Because I think there's a lot of potential sales potential in Bronze Age, probably more than there is in, in like, Silver and Golden Age in terms of modern-day collectors. You would think so, just because it's that much closer. But yeah. I guess with it comes to DC, you know, you can start in the Silver Age and work through the Bronze Age, and then you can also start post-crisis and work your day, way to the present. So I think that's kind of the approach they're taking, yeah. where they have those two different types of collectors. I don't know. Definitely, yeah. Um, Didio famously believed that the Bronze Age moniker was a sales turnoff, and it's only after he basically got fired that they then, probably due to my campaign as well, they released the uh, JLA Bronze Age omnibus. He, he was of the opinion 
supposedly, reportedly, we should say, I haven't got this straight from his mouth, that he believed that the Bronze Age moniker was a sales hindrance, um, mm. which is interesting because they did do a lot of Bronze Age stuff in the last couple of years of his reign, but maybe it wasn't selling in huge numbers. I don't know. Um, it's interesting, though. I mean, I'm certainly buying it, but... You know, it's it'd be. I'd love to get some more of this data. And Rich, Rich has got some site which he says you you got some sales data on, don't you, Rich? Uh, well, Comicron, uh, Comicron can give you some of the data. Yes, like it's a lot of shipping data and all that. But I mean, it's it it's called? something at least where you can maybe see how much they Comicron. yeah printing. Right, Comicron sales. Let's, let's type in Comicron sales <laughs> Superboy nineteen seventy two. Uh, real quick, I just wanted to make sure I mentioned in that last one that was E. Nelson Bridwell as the writer and George Tuska as the artist, just because I didn't. Well, I, I want to say George. How dare you, George Tuska? George Tuska, there's a name, and I've got to say I'm enjoying George Tuska's work uh, yeah. a, a lot. And frankly, if I'm going to make a real fucking hot comment right now, if, oh god, yeah, get ready for this today and someone said i assume george tusker may have you know caught the last train but like you <laughs> you have the power to resurrect george tusker and put him on legion right now i'd do it you know what i'm saying he comes back <laughs> he's in his work wow i thought i was dead no you're back george hand him a pencil go for it knock yourself just out chain to his desk yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah you, you can live, George. No, yeah. Dave, Dave won't even let him brush off the dirt from when he came out of the grave. You, you can live, George, but the deal with this particular devil is you've got to churn out some Legion, you know, and then we'll give you the TV, you know, you, we'll give you basically a pad. But no, you can't leave, George. You can't interact with the normal world. No, definitely not. You've got to keep churning no, out a Legion. No sunlight for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and apologies to George Tusker's family if they're offended by my you know, conception, but hey, at least he would get to live again, and you could have, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, they could come over on weekends and maybe spend some time, you know, not go outside, no, that's not allowed. <laughs> through, um, they could see him through a glass panel. Yeah, they could exchange notes and stuff like that, but, but no, I think George Tusker does an excellent job. Um, now, we're turning to the next one. Um, Rich or Adam, would you like to take us through this one, which is uh, Superboy 173? Um, and again, George Tusker on Art Duties. Uh, Adam, take it away. Okay, we'll do. You're, you're, um, more, the, you're more the expert. I'm, <laughs> fair I, I'm, I'm the middle ground. You're, you're boy, Can Cosmic do... Boy here. Cosmic Boy in a big way. Yeah, Cosmic. I love a Cosmic Boy spotlight. One of my yep. favorites. Yep. And that's what I like about these stories is it's like oh. story is a different spotlight. Yes. Can I just say I really hated? I think it was the the Paul Levitz run. I hated when it looked like Cosmic Boy was naked. Oh yeah, Adam <laughs> loves that though. The mankini. When, when 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 they made yeah when no no it's the the problem is that they made his costume almost the same color as his skin. Right. When it was supposed to be like you know like normally you think of it as pink or purple. But they made it like this peach color that literally made it look like he was wearing, yeah, like like some sort of bikini. That was terrible. I I think he actually was wearing. And he was. Dave, did you say I love it? Is that what you said? I thought no, you, no, I no, thought no, you no, did no, love no. it. Yeah, I thought you were a big no, fan. No, I of it. I said that a lot of people do love it. I <laughs> oh, said that right. I wasn't really big on it. Oh, I thought you uh, were a big fan of it. Okay, sorry, I misremembered. But but it is a mankini, isn't it? Like it's a. No, no, it's not. It's a it's a it's it's the color of the costume. Is it? Yes. I Adam, I thought it was a bikini actually too. 
Um, no, it's because the color, it's the it's the coloring of the costume. Oh, okay. Well, that would be, I think you're probably talking about the Mike Grell costume, which would have been, you know, I think we just got to it, Dave. It would be like in 212 or so. Right. Um, 214, I think. Uh, yeah, that would be like Mike Grell, Carrie Bates, Jim Shooter, uh, maybe Paul Levitz too. Era. But yeah, that is a pretty weird choice. But um, the Legion was kind of, we're here at the beginning of the Bronze Age, but it's very quickly becoming like a kind of a sexy book. Yes. You know, it's kind of weird to watch it evolve into that. Um, where, yeah, it's a very sexy book. And, you know, there's so a lot of. Maybe it, maybe it was a mankini. Well, yeah. that, that I'm, just reflects... I'm just looking at pictures now, and that is terrible. I think a lot of I it, Adam... thought it was a miscoloring of the costume. No, it, definitely there is a. There, there's definitely a period where it is a man king. She's rather rather put it in pink, man. Seriously, keep him in pink um, if that's the case. There is a period <laughs> where it is 100% a man and th- I'm looking at it right now, and that is not. Yeah, it's it's sort of like it. it it, it, I guess it's kind of doing to, to Cosby Boy what they do to a lot of the women. So, you know, in, in that yeah. Well, it's just, I, I thought it's, you know, because like his original costume, well, not his real, but it, like his original original costume was a bit more pink. Yes. yes. So I thought that this was like a miscolor of the pink where they got it too close to the pigment of his skin. And I was like, oh, what a terrible coloring. But now that I'm actually properly looking at a lot of pictures, I'm like, yeah, that is. Now, Adam, I've got a point <laughs> here. Bad. Would you say that. As you say, they kind of sexy the book up a bit, which is a good move. I think that also reflected the fan base and the fan culture that was very... very... Legion of Superheroes in the 70s had a very active fan culture, didn't it? For sure. You know, a lot of, um, you know, what they call now, it would be like shipping or whatever, and a lot of, um, you know, I don't know, Stan culture sure. <laughs> in the legion yeah, yeah. which i generally find kind of annoying but uh, you know it was probably fun back then i think i think look i i think you've got to give credit to those people back then who were really fucking digging it in a hardcore way they're the kind of people that kept the property alive so as far as i'm concerned even though it might to our modern day i seem a bit lame i, I think that really it was that kind of fervent sort of like fan base culture that kept um this, this title alive and these characters alive. Oh, I'll never sure. understand shipping. <laughs> yeah, shipping yeah. is just when you say like, "Well, I really wish that like you know." No, I know what it. I know what it is. I'll yeah. never understand the fascination that people have with it. I'll never understand why they do it. Just enjoy the fucking product. They're, they're don't just, you? I they're mean, just fans, man. They're just fans. They're like, well, wouldn't it be awesome if Superman got together with you know whoever, like um, Wonder Woman or. You know, what if Stephanie Brown got together with, you know, Jason Todd and they just like to combine two things. Again, my brain doesn't work like that. I just, that yeah. those thoughts don't pop into my head as like, oh, they should get together. Oh, this person should bang this well, person. I just think. Uh, I think it's, uh, look, to me, it's just a symptom. It's often younger people too who, who are doing it, you know, who are sort of playing romance comics with, uh, with the comics. Hey, I was like. a younger person too and I still never did that. Yeah. <laughs> No, did I really? But but that doesn't mean it's to me. I I think it's kind of. I'm cute. not saying it's. Look, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying I don't understand it. You don't get. I it. don't understand the appeal. Sure. Well, fair enough. Yeah, it's never been something that I've been that much into. Um, I'm more interested in what's on the page, I guess. But yeah, like I can read something or watch something, and then I can go, oh, I get the vibes of those two. I've got like feelings or something like that. But I'm not sitting there going, that person should be with that person, and yeah. you know. I, I just, yeah. that, that I just don't get. Just enjoy the story. Jesus, like, just go for a ride. Enjoy the tale. 
I know, man, but you're living in an age where people like to inscribe their own, like, headcanon onto things, you know? Like, it's, it's yeah. just a feature of the fan community. And it certainly Which is was fun, but sometimes it gets ugly, too, which is unfortunate. Sure, yeah. Doesn't... It certainly does, and they start, they start, uh, well, uh, maybe not harassing creators, but, but like blasting creators for like them not telling the storylines that how they want it to be told, and it can get very messy. It can get real messy, for sure. Uh, but that's what happens when you give people freedom. Anarchy reigns. <laughs> All right, uh, so we're on 173. Yep. This is a cosmic boy-centered story. Mm-hmm. He's alone because there's a bunch of people that went off. They have a virus, yeah. and they're getting uh, vaccinated. He uh, already had the thing, so he's immune to it. The VSR um, virus. The VSR virus, which I read as VCR at first. And yeah, me too. I was thinking of the old, um, yeah, the old know, video cassette. The VCR. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he gets attacked by his own reflection there, uh, and he ends up calling Superboy for help. Mm. Uh, Superboy, like we said, quit. Uh, there's a fun story we should do right at the end of the Silver Age where uh, one of the Legionnaires has to quit because uh, they have too many members to maintain their tax-free status, and that's why that's Superboy hilarious. quits. That's hilarious. <laughs> why would you – I think uh, we've brought this up before. Why would you say Superboy has to go easily the most powerful character? Because, Well, I mean, they have Supergirl at the same time, and Monel and Ultra Boy. But that's what it all comes down to is they're looking at all these different ways to measure it. Like, who's the most useful? Who's the most useless? And then it ends up being Superboy does it to be honorable or whatever. Good old Superboy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, Superboy. Sad day. Um, Sad day for the Legion, but Adam's happy, so that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> um, so uh, Cosmic Boy, both the Cosmic Boys are basically trying to convince Superboy that they're the genuine one. Yeah. And it turns out that it's uh, Mordru interfering. Good old Mordru again. Yeah, which Mordru's just popping in here and there doing these little things where, you know, we're used to him being like a giant uh, threat. Yes. <laughs> he's a little more silly here. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, a little bit more kooky. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to say I, I like the artwork. Really shows that Superboy looks younger than Superman because sometimes yeah. Superboy. We're trying to figure out which one is which. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, sometimes it's Superboy. He doesn't look that much younger than Superman in some of the art. But in, in I, I noticed George Tasker, uh, the late departed great George Tasker, does make Superboy look younger. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's good at making these kids look like kids. Yeah. So that's important. That's important. Yeah, but uh, there's a bunch of tests trying to figure out who's the real cosmic boy. And eventually, uh, Superboy chucks a couple <laughs> boulders at him and he says, yeah. repel these with your uh, magnetism and whoever can actually repel them must be the real cosmic boy. But then um, the one gets hit by a boulder. Yeah. Or the one repels the boulder and the one doesn't. And Superboy saves the other one. Because they weren't actually magnetic boulders, mm. and that the one that repelled the boulder had to have done so with um, magic. Mordru's magic. Magic. Yes. Yeah. Yep, there we go. The old like to be uh, look. I look at this in terms of being a writer. I like to put myself back in the day. Back in the day, you really <coughs> had to be able to do not even a clever twist, but just any kind of a twist was a really essential weapon in the arsenal of a comic book writer. Like, to sort of t- sure. tie it up, like, I think that would have been 
if you were, if I was wanting to write comics back in those days, that is something I would have trained myself to do because that is pretty much a convention, especially in these short stories that need to wrap up. Um, it's a really important skill to have. Yeah, and it's hard to keep. Uh, you know, I almost imagine that they probably recycle them, right? Oh, yeah, so, 100%. you know, you take this set of rider and he goes on to another title and he kind of does the same tricks, but you maybe don't notice because it's a different book. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also thought it was funny. Superboy's like, I got to get going. And he's like, don't you want to hang out and see the Legion? And he's like, I got to get back. I have a full-time job. And it's like, <laughs> Superboy, you're traveling through time. I'm just a reservist. Got it. Small time is a full-time job. And then he's off, yeah. Yeah, what a douchebag. He doesn't even stay. Hey, hey slow down. He's got to feed crypto. He's got, he's, he's got to maybe he, help he out He can in the go back store. to the time he left. He can. Yeah, he can. But... He's just trying to be polite that he doesn't want to see them. <laughs> yeah. He's kind That's of why he left. But it, but it was a You know what? I, I really enjoyed it. It's a little snapshot issue. I'm going to give it 8.5. I thought it was excellent. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I'd give it like an 8. Yeah. Um, that one was Carrie Bates. Gary Bates once again comes to the party with the great George Tusker on art duties, and 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 that's excellent work. I notice in the next one, which is um, what did you give it, Rich? Out of ten, I didn't hear your score. Ah, uh, come on, come on, big guy. Maybe six point five. Oh, six point five. George Tusker and Gary Bates can't even get a seven from Rich. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> what does it take? <laughs> well, again, it's just it's just one of those stories where like. A character's always as smart as they need to be. Yeah. Yeah, very Silver Age, and they're all kind of... And that's... Yeah, that's the problem with, like, a lot of these older books for me is that everyone is smart. Like, the the characters are interchangeable. Everyone is as smart as they need to be to be scientific or solve a mystery or, you know, solve a riddle. It's just... It's fine. It's fine. It's enjoyable, but, I mean, it's not... It's not, wow, what a great... What a great yeah, job. Yeah, no, I was kind of thinking of that too, Rich, earlier, where it's almost like, why do you even need Brainiac 5? Because they're all <laughs> kind of the Brainiac 5. Yeah, I, I get yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. Like, if Brainiac's not there, then someone else is just is as smart as they need to be. I yeah. will say, in defense of Legion, I, I, look, yes, I agree with you, and that's certainly a convention of the Silver Age that is still being felt in, in this dawning of the Bronze Age comics, but... I, I, having read a bit of Legion with Adam, I think there's more characterization than normal in comics of the time period it's in. Would you, would you think that's a fair assessment, Adam? Like, there's not tons, but I think there's more because of the diverse cast. Um, I think so, especially when Shooter was doing it in the Silver Age. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've kind of said I'm not a huge on, you know, Bronze or Silver Age generally. Mm. Uh, it's just for the Legion, you know, I kind of make the exception. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm very, ha- I'm very happy in the Bronze Age, and and frankly, uh, Rich, if we get Carrie Bates on, you can keep those opinions to yourself. Don't throw, the, don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't throw Carrie Bates under the bus in the interview. <laughs> yeah, or George Tuska. You know, or the, the, great, the late great George Tuska. I don't see what's wrong with the six point five. <laughs> it's above average. I suppose so. Let's actually let's have a look here. Anyone think George Tuska might still be alive? Let's have a look. No, he's dead. I checked. <laughs> No, he's dead. He's two, two, <laughs> 2009. He, he cashed out. I wish I had some better news for you, Dave. Wow. Born in 1916, so he would have been 105 if he'd still been alive. Like, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, he had a good run. He had a very good anyway, run. Do you want to do the next one, Dave, or do you want me to take it again? 
Oh, no, you can take it again, man, and I'll chime in with special comments. Uh, I noticed no, Art George Tusker storing E. Nelson Bridwell, which I actually thought might have been a pen name, but he's actually a real person. Yeah, I think he's actually a pretty renowned uh, sci-fi writer, isn't yes, he? Yes, you're correct. Is he the, I think he's the one that wrote the Superman Miracle Monday story, too, that people love. That's Elliot S. Magan who wrote oh, that. Okay. Gotcha. But funnily enough, I was listening to an interview with Elliot S. Magan with John Suntress, and he mentioned Nelson Bridwell. I thought Nelson Bridwell, it almost seemed like it could have been a pen name, you know, like, you know, cause some, some of these writers wrote under pen names, but he was a sci-fi writer of, of, of some note, I believe, actually. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, Invisible Invader. Yeah, Invisible Invader. Uh, this one I quite liked. Uh, first off, it starts with Chemical King, who's one that you don't really see very much, mm. uh, having died you know, pretty early in the Bronze Age and joining pretty late in the Silver Age. But basically, there's a uh, thief at this time uh, time machine lottery thing. Yes. And he gets away. And so Chemical King comes back to the Legion and asks for help. And we kind of get a nice little recap of Invisible Kid, which I liked. <laughs> Find out how, bless you, he got okay. his powers and how he had to make his clothes invisible, too. Yes. Uh, he mentions that he wears, like, foam uh, sold shoes, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, some cool stuff that you didn't really see in the Silver Age. Uh, but eventually, he I think he comes up with, this, like, a serum or a spray to cancel out his invisibility. And they use that on the crook, and they capture him, and the end. <laughs> yeah, no, and uh, again, look, it is, it's formulaic, but it's fun, and I think the artwork really, really, I think for me is a big sell in this in this particular storyline. Like, I, 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 I felt the excitement of being caught up in that time period, and look, they're slight stories, but but like they're appealing to sort of like that ten to you know fourteen, fifteen age bracket. And I, and I think... And I th- yeah. Oh, sorry, Dave. I was going to say, I think it helps that you do have such a large cast where, yes. you know, rather than having Batman do this story yes. and then Batman do this story and then Batman, it's like... And I'm not picking on Batman, I'm just saying. Here you have someone in a completely different colorful costume with a completely pa- different power set come in for this one issue, which I think adds to some of the fun oh, where it could be redundant otherwise. No, definitely, and I, and that's one of the aspects I think that really helps the Legion back in this day that they could you could pluck different characters out and tell a story, and different uh, members of the fan base who were reading would have had different you know favorite members, and it would have been fun for Invisible Kid to get his go. And this was the Invisible Kid who later on gets killed, isn't it, uh, Adam? Yeah, he dies uh, in only about a year or two. So tragically, a life lost, a life lost. Man. Hey, uh, it's also interesting that they have uh, Chemical King Invisible Kid teaming up because that's one that people really like that quote unquote friendship, quote unquote relationship. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where, you know, there's kind of some shipping with those two. Right. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess this would probably be a big part of why. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm giving it, I'm giving this issue a 7.5 um, for sure. I think it's a, yeah, I th- I'll give it a. I give that one an eight just because I like the uh, Invisible Kid stuff. How are you going, Rich? What? Are, let's guess. Six six point five. Six point five. You just stick it. Are you going to stick enough. with six point five? Do we even need to go to Rich for the score? It just feels like he's written down his scores already. Hey, he, there might, he could there just might tell be, us. There might be some sevens. You never know. Yeah, I was going to say he could just tell us if 
otherwise, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, then we, um, we jump forward a little bit, um, and it's Superman 183, which tells me that there was a bit of a gap between Legion appearances, Adam. Um, yeah, they might have done a couple of reprint of the Adventure comics yeah. uh, in that time. I think they did that a few times. Actually, just while we're on the topic of reprints, because at, at this point in time, I, I bought the um, Superman Kryptonite Nevermore, or Kryptonite No More, whatever it's called, which is the Denny O'Neill run of Superman, um, mm-hmm. which ushered in basically the Bronze Age. And, and, and I'm continuing, because I really enjoyed it, I've continued reading it, and it's it's the first Harry Bates Superman stories, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, often back in those days... Um, they would have reprints in the regular comic or a lot of the time. So I think it's quite interesting that, like, you'll get a 50-page comic, but, like, a good 15 pages of it might be reprinting a story from the early 60s, um, you know, of Superman in, in the comics. So that was quite a common thing that they did back in those days, which I didn't actually know they did. I, like, so it's weird. Like, we always think of reprints now, but back mm-hmm. in the day they actually would just put them in the regular comics to pump up the page count. Right, because, you know, you were losing your readers, they thought, or yeah. said, like, every seven years or so. Yeah, that's also, like, the 100 pages that we did. Mm. You know, there was maybe 20 pages of new story, and then there'd be 80 pages of reprint story. Yeah. But, what you do know, you it was think still about from getting them, because you could read them. Rich, what do you think about that? If you're back in the 70s and you're on your paper route, would you have been happy to get the stuff from the early 60s when you were a 1970s kid? I mean, I suppose. I mean, I was up for... Anything that looked good when I was collecting, yeah. I mean, yeah. as long as it uh, as long as it caught my eye, yes, I would have picked it up. Yeah, I, I guess if they if they if they're picking some classic stories too, because remember back in the early seventies, you would have had no access unless you could get hold of the old comics. It, it wasn't like they were putting anything out in trade. There was no internet, obviously. This is no, before. well, that's what I said. I mean, that's why a lot of those comics are one and done, is because yeah, there is no collecting. Kids would swap because, you know, one kid would find this issue in that shop and this one and then they'd read and then they'd swap or mm. you'd hand it in to, you know, the, the swap shop or whatever or you throw it in the bin. So, you know, I mean, I get why the, the stories are so short and formulaic is because you probably expect most people to not even remember mm. the, the story come the next comic that they read or something or that. So, right. you know, but again, it, it, it's, it is what it is. It's a product of its time. Yeah, it's, for sure. It's what the market was when it was done. So, you know. But now, again, I'm, I mean, I still have to, mm. I still have to judge it with. Um, oh yeah. With, with, with what I know, sort of today, in terms of storytelling and sure. character development and all that. So. Now yeah. this one here, uh, Su- Superboy One Eight Three, um, a new tale of a legion of superheroes. Kerry Bates on writing duties. George Tasker and Vince Coletta. And Vince Coletta well-known as an Inca who came in on a little last-minute rush jobs. Am I correct in saying, uh, Adam? I think he gets a lot of crap for his does, work yeah. over Kirby, if I'm remembering right. Something to do with he would sometimes um, rub out some of Kirby's lines, I believe. Some, something along yeah. those lines. Like um, I'm not really familiar with it. But I do want to say, George Tusker draws an incredibly cute uh, shadow lass. And also... Um, who is the other uh, Princess Projector in kind of a crop top situation? You know, yeah, that, that was a uh, kind of surprising costumes. I felt you know we're just barely out of the Silver Age, and uh, well, I was some of these it. shots of Princess Projector in in particular where she's quite busty. Yeah, well, I was, hey, that's 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 woman's liberty, man. I was I was enjoying <laughs> I it. I was enjoying it. Like and and I say thank you, George Tusker. 
Um, <laughs> when I came across these the other night, and I was reading, and I was like, "Hello, here we are. We're in the seventies now. The girls are <laughs> the girls are in the bikinis. All right, yeah." So these are uh, one-off costumes that Princess Projector, Shadow Lass, and Karate Kid are wearing. Um, they were, for the first time, our Legionnaires donned their new uniforms designed by readers in Giant Adventure number 403. So yeah, that's what the story is behind these massive changes. Cool. But I think they actually look pretty good. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, me too. Didn't, didn't love this story. No. Uh, did we say this is Bridwell? This is Carrie no. Bates. With okay, this is Carrie yeah, Bates. Carrie Bates yeah. Sorry, Carrie. <laughs> this this felt like a this felt like a an early uh, Star Trek, yes, uh, it did. Or, or idea episode, like yeah. original Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or if yeah. you put a comedy spin on it, it could be like a Rick and Morty or something. Mm. Yeah, I enjoyed it for what it was, but I mean, it's a slight storyline. But I mean, I I did enjoy it. But it was it was a quick read. I'll, I'll say that for it. Um, yeah, basically, they get possessed by these spacefaring creatures. Um, the boys get possessed by one and the girls get possessed by the other because they couldn't contain all of them and, and they're of sort of, of a fighting couple there's a couple that they constantly squabble they're deeply devoted but yeah. they're, but they're sort of like it is very star trek original series kind of thing you could almost imagine this happening on the starship enterprise yeah and then yeah these uh legionnaires are of course couples as well you know shadow lass and monel and karate kid and princess projectra and basically they defeat him, and I don't remember what happened. I do like the end. If you go to the final page of the storyline, where it's got, in the past we have sought and possessed countless male-female couples throughout the galaxy. Many of them would appear strange and alien to you. And then you look at the um, pictures of the aliens and see the one guy bouncing the ball <laughs> with the pointy nose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, wow, okay. Like You've got the kind of clam heads, and you've got the kind of guys with the massive nose. Uh, it, it's like it's like let your imagination run right, George Tusker, and then he like whips these up in like five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admire how different they are, though. You know, yeah, they're, 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 I like the guy bouncing the ball. The, the guy bouncing the ball, he doesn't even have a partner. Like everyone else has a partner, he doesn't have one. Maybe the ball is his partner. Maybe yeah. I think that's their kid. Oh, it's the, the kid of the other two, right? Okay, I see. That would explain why he's got the ball. Dave wants a bouncy ball alien uh, spin-off series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just call it a, just make it a twelve issue maxi series. I'll, I'll phone up Kerry Bates and say, Kerry, why don't we want you to do a um uh, do you remember Superman one eight three from nineteen seventy two? We'd like a follow up story on that, please. Um but I also <laughs> like how the couple, as soon as they get back to sort of their gaseous form, start arguing with each other again. So it's like ha 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 that's the <laughs> yeah, it's kind of bickering funny. couple. Um, yeah, no, I'm, uh, I might surprise you here. I'm going to give this one a 6 out of 10. I felt this was probably one of the weaker stories. Yeah, um, I thought it was kind of poor, I'd say. Uh, six and a half. Yeah. Rich? Five. Five. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one is One Legionnaire Must Go, and this mm. one has Carrie Bates, and this has art by Murphy Anderson and Dave Cockrum. I really like this one. They put Anderson first, which was kind of weird. I like yeah, this maybe. one, and I like the artwork as well. I thought this was an excellent one, and Saturn Girl just looking fantastic, can I say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she actually had this costume at the very last issue of the Silver Age stuff, and here we are into the Bronze Age. Um, but, uh, yeah, she's got her bikini, which is also a fan-designed costume. Thank you, um, fan. You can kind of see fandom. how the future is starting to look a little bit different. I think yeah. this is something Carrie Bate, or Dave Cockrum's bringing to the book. Mm. Um they talk about how Ultra Boy was elected Legion leader. Mm. I don't 
it seems like they have a different leader in every issue of this run that we did. So I'm kind of surprised about that because generally, you know, they stay leader for a while. But for a anyway, year, for a year, basically, normally, isn't it? Yeah, which is like I think they mentioned Brainiac Five as leader at one point. Monel was the leader and then gets selected, and I don't know, it's confusing. Anyway, Matter Eater Lad, one of your favorites, uh, has a run yep. here. You know, we see him um, on the planet Bismol, where every everyone has a strange ability to eat everything. <laughs> yep, exactly. I do love uh, Matter Eater Lad. He kind of becomes a bit of a comedy character in the nineties um, or eighties and nineties. Kind of similar to like a Deadpool type thing. Yeah. Oh, he's great. He's great in Legionnaires. Yeah, for sure. There's one issue he gets turned into a woman. Uh, yeah, that's fun. I think that's a. I think that was a Adam Hughes cover, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but Saturn Girl picks up that there's somebody in the uh, Legion headquarters that wants to betray the Legion, and it seems like only Matterator Lad and Ultra Boy are there. Yes. Uh, and Ultra Boy's like, no, I swear I'm not, but. They prove that it is Matter Eater Lad that wants to destroy the Legion. Yep. And he uh, gets captured by Ultra Boy, put in a cell, and they tell him that it's uh, poisonous. But he finds out that they're actually lying and that he can escape. So he goes back to his homeworld of Bismol, where he thinks it's safe. And mm. his homeworld of Bismol is a joke on the Pepto Bismol. Yes, I, I, I sort of gathered that as well. I was like, that's got to be related somehow, surely. Uh, and it turns out his brother is jealous of him, yep. and he uh, uh, put in a telepathic transmitter in his uh, dinner. Food. Yeah, he ate it, and so then he was able to convince everyone that he was having traitorous thoughts. Mm. But uh, Matter Eater Lad is able to uh, – actually, Matter Eater Lad gets taken out by him. And then his brother calls the Legion to take him to the hospital. Um because he feels bad. Yeah, he feels and, bad about what happened. Exactly. And then Matter Eater Lad uh, forgives him and he says, hey, look, you know, I have to get this removed from my stomach. You can be Matter Eater Lad for a while. Yeah, he, he's Wait, very nice to him, really. Him. Yeah, it was a... Uh, I actually like this one just because I like Matter Eater Lad. He's about to get written out of the book in a couple years. Uh, so it's cool to see a spotlight on him. Yeah, I'll give it like a an eight. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd give it an eight as well. I enjoyed it. And I was going to ask you, did Matter Eater Lad's brother then go on to be part of the supervillain team? But you're saying no. Yeah, I don't think we ever... We might see him again, but he's never like a legionnaire or a villain. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. no, good good, good, good one. Rich, where were you? I'm a fan of Matter Eater Lad as well, but I'm giving this a 6 out of 10 for two reasons. Mm. Go ahead. One, I didn't like the fact that he's like, oh, ha, ha, you got me. You can join the Legion while I go get this removed from my stomach. Like, even though you fucking try to get me arrested and then almost killed me, all's forgiven. But the biggest one is the, there's a bit of a, like, I guess I call it a plot hole is that, so Sengul accuses him. She's like, I, re- I heard your thoughts. It can only be you. And he says, it's not me. So how they resolve it is they go, well, we'll put Satin Girl in the lie detector machine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then the she thing. goes, no, I'm telling the truth. And they go, ha ha, she's telling the truth into jail with you. And it's like, well, hang on a second. Why doesn't Matter Etherlad go in the machine? Exactly. You know and what then they, they can ask him and say, Do, are you having these thoughts? And he go, no, I'm not. Oh, look at that. It says he's not lying. Oh, something's wrong. 
Well, it's also so, like they should have put him in a chair and be like, think about bologna sandwiches or something. And then he would think yeah. about bologna sandwiches, but his brother wouldn't because, you know, he's yeah. not so, there. So <laughs> I, that, I mean, again, I like I like Matt Edelad. Um, yeah, Cam, I think he's, he's, he's really good. He's, he's pretty funny. As I said, he was a, uh, I'm a fan of his from the Legionnaires. But I just the, the I didn't like the ending and I didn't like the plot hole where they don't put him in the lie detector chair. Yeah, totally like fair. Yeah. And I'll be honest, though, uh, with some of this stuff is I just kind of take it as part of the charm. Me too. Though it's totally valid complaint. It is. And, and, and I'm well, glad that Richard, if you can introduce something like a lie detector chair, you've got to you. you it's something big that you can't just go. Well, hang on. How come you don't put the suspect in me? <laughs> he was guilty until proven innocent. Or, yeah, guilty until yeah. proven innocent, basically. Yeah. Now, by the uh, way, guys, um, reader that he's actually. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. Go ahead. I was just going to say I, I was. I've been doing a bit of research while you've been talking about sales in the 70s, it, market conditions in 1977. Just comparing DC and Marvel. This is 77. Uh, DC 18 titles. Um, in 77, monthly titles were were were, were selling um, at just over eight million. And average sales per title was just over 445,000. Uh, Marvel. They only had 18 titles. Wow. Yeah, Marvel, 16 titles, selling over 14.5 million as compared to 8 million for DC. And their average sales title was 914,000. So Marvel, by 78, yeah. were really outselling DC, um, according yeah. to these stats anyway. Just interesting. And obviously, we're, we're, we're like a good seven years prior to that in this time period. But I just thought I'd. Um, Check that out because the other day Chuck Dixon put up some numbers uh, for how sales were in sixty eight ish or sixty seven, and DC were outselling Marvel heavily still then, and which was funny because I said, "Isn't it funny?" Because all you ever heard was how Stanley was on college campuses, but at that point the sales shift hadn't happened. It was probably happening, but DC still had a significant lead. Mm. But by seventy eight, it's a yeah. different story. Yeah, it's crazy. I was, it's crazy to hear sixteen books. You know, nowadays. You know, think about the new fifty-two. They had nif- they had fifty-two titles, and that's just their main superhero focused or well, not necessarily enough, superhero, but in the their same, main universe line, and not including any other projects they had going on. Fun- funnily enough, the yeah, you say that Archie had thirty titles out and was selling over four point five million, and uh, Gold Key had thirty-eight titles. So other other players were big factors in the market still at that yeah. point. Childhood had seventeen. You know. Um, but yeah, Archie was really pumping out the titles. Interesting, so, uh, interesting times. Uh, I was going to say about Matt Reader Lad though. He actually has a pretty sad background. Where oh. I thought it was actually this issue. Turns out I've never read that issue that we just did, and it was one of the action comics issues from just before, mm-hmm. uh, where his parents are pretty shitty. Where his dad just takes his Legion paychecks after he gets home and oh, no. goes out and gambles it. And uh, really, his mom. Oh. His mom's like a pushover who just. You know, but yeah, he's got like kind of a pretty sad home life, wow. which they don't go into here. I think everything was resolved by the end of that story or, you know, right. happy ending. Well, I think, but I see that's why I like the more modern Legion stuff is because, again, it's more overarching uh, character building and yeah. character backstory. You know, a lot of sure. this older stuff, it's there. It's like it's there, but they never really get really stuck into it. Yeah, they, they touch yeah. on it very lightly and then they often wrap it up in the issue and it's like. It, it it's almost like do you remember each transformer episodes that used to end with all the Autobots laughing? 
Um, <laughs> Almost every episode. Yeah, but like it's it's kind of like that. It was, I, I find it charming, as Adam said, but it is definitely something where you wrap it up and it's like, I don't know, okay, now we'll be on to the next adventure. Well, that's why I said, like, if you look at episodic TV, and this is with live TV, cartoons, whatever, at the end of the episode, there's basically a reset. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because because by the next episode, no one can truly evolve or change because they kind of need to be where they were at the start of the next episode. And that's kind of the same with the comics, which is why the, there is some kernel of, like, character, but it's never fully sort of pulled out because they need to reset and still be who they are by the next the next issue sure. or the next story. So that's why I said, like, they're fun and they're enjoyable, but I prefer the more meaty... Um, modern stuff, uh, okay. even from like Paul Levitz. I mean, he's not. I wouldn't say that Legion is my favorite, but although there is the 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 the, the Great Darkness. Oh, I like um, the Paul Levitz stuff, man. I think I think he has a quite a Paul Levitz in his defense has a lot of subplots running. Would you agree, Adam? No, 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 no. I'm saying is he's good. It's not my favorite, but it's still good. Mm. Um, he he's definitely the one that brings in a lot of the elements that you're talking about. Uh, you know, but it's still kind of uh, kind of like a early for um yeah I, yes. I i think what puts me off is i wasn't a fan of the costumes in that period though uh-huh yeah i could see that um some of them for sure mm. now we come to... i saw i feel the legionnaires have got my favorite costumes we yeah those were good designs yeah sprouse we'll do some of that at some point rich we'll bring you back on um superboy 188 curse of the blood crystals uh our friend Mordru again um, with his weakness that is that is basically being in the earth, Adam. Dirt, being yeah. buried. Um, yeah, and I just think it's odd that he's you know appears twice throughout here, and it's pretty disposable compared to. It's pretty funny how it opens with 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 Superboy just putting him under these rocks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like curse of the blood crystals. I I, I at first thought Adam that this was going to be uh, um, like crimson kryptonite. You know, like red kryptonite. Oh um, right, yeah. I, I I thought we might go in that direction, but um, but it wasn't. Um, Superboy throws the crystal into space, and what I thought was really cool was the fact that he threw it into space, and then they cut to ten centuries have elapsed since Superboy and Mordru battled, and it's pretty cool. I thought like, that was cool too. Yeah, yeah. I, I I thought that was a really neat sort of way of um, uh, you know, kind of blending the two two things together like Superboy in like the 19 fucking 50s or whenever he was from and then throwing him into into space and then it cuts to Legion you know a thousand years later do you, do you want to pick yeah, it up like, from where Chameleon Boy um, gets it and puts it in you know his little experiment yeah yeah um, it is just kind of interesting because it's like uh, you gotta be more careful than that Superboy like you can't just yeah you just toss it <laughs> into space like like he, he's like this will space. never come back to haunt anybody and just tosses into space it could land yeah. fucking anywhere superboy like, like isn't that how the phantom zone criminals got out in superman 2 that's exactly right he threw the bomb <laughs> up there and uh then you know out came uh zod and all his little you know cohorts i think that's also how the nuclear man got yeah. created in superman uh, 4 but i don't remember it's very similar anyway it's very similar no 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 that, that lex luther did that though. oh okay gotcha okay. Right. for some reason i forgot well, Lex movie. Luthor used <laughs> Superman to do it, but uh, that was only done because of Lex Luthor. Like, right. the Superman was throwing all the nuclear stuff into the sun, and Lex Luthor put his experiment with Superman's 
DNA and all that, and that's how that was created. So that's not uh, it's not super on Superman. Like right. that's oh. that's more of a Lex thing. It's been a while. <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, this one, yeah, Chameleon Boy finds it, and basically whoever looks at the crystals grow to hate Superman or Superboy. Yep. Uh, and uh, Ultra Boy comes in, and he's about to go on leave, and we think Ultra Boy has gone on leave, and he's going to go back in time to see Superboy. Mm. But really, it turns out Chameleon Boy took his place, knocked him out, and he went on a trip. Uh, you can see on page five there, Phantom Girl's uh, fan redesign, where she looks very disco. She's got like, <laughs> curls on. Yes, yeah, good, 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 uh, good spotting there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, uh, yeah, uh, the Brainiac 5 and Lightning Lad go back in time once they're alerted that there's something wrong with Chameleon Boy. Mm-hmm. And they're intercepted by Superboy who tells them, hey, uh, it's cool, I got Chameleon Boy. <laughs> and so they go back and then Chameleon Boy reveals himself to have been disguised as Superboy. Yep, tricksters. And yeah, he's uh, killing Superboy with Kryptonite. And I thought this was weird. He absorbs the Kryptonite into his mouth and blows it away. I would think that would be something you would not want to do. Yeah, I know. But especially it was like a, it, especially if he accidentally just, swallowed a bit. Right. And I would think he could just blow it off rather than having to like bring it into his mouth. Yes. It was a risky strategy, that's for sure. <laughs> well, he didn't seem to be tied down either, so he could have just yeah, exactly. One thing he I like is just the like sweat. Tilted. How he's sweating. Like, it's like he's got like this massive sweat going. <laughs> but can I just say something again? This this story again shows how everyone is as smart as they need to be, right? Mm-hmm. So when um, who's it? Is it Brainiac and um, who comes Lightning to the class? And Lightning there, right? When they come, Superboy's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't worry. I subdued him. I've got him under this high tech fucking machine mm-hmm. that's going to unbreak." And I'm like, "Where would you? How? Where do you get this technology in your current year? And that how does that the Legion go? Hang on a second." Where, where did you get that technology but from? Maybe like, he how, got it from Superboy's. He could have got it from Superboy's underground hideout. Superboy's no, got that underground. Mate, again, but that's my point. Everyone has the technology and is smart as they need to be, even though he's in the. Where would Superboy be in this? Like the sixties? No, in the fifties, don't you remember? Superboy has the. No, he has like his hideout. robot duplicates and yeah, stuff. Yeah, no. he has the whole underground See, hideout. That, 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 I'm glad that's something that they kind of got rid of with with Superman. That him Not being me. super smart and building. Not me. Like Not me. Stuff. I like that he's he's got that underground hideout with the with the with the phone to the. Because then my argument is is literally Superman or Superboy could build shit that makes the whole world better. Look, Dave loves it, and he loves Betty Ross, and he's not happy that Betty Ross is not <laughs> Betty Ross anymore. <laughs> she gets very heart, attached yeah. to the status quo. I do. Like I mean, other than quo. that, I do like the story. Yeah, I, I, I like yeah, the I thing of like him pretending to be Superboy and tricking the. Although there is one thing that's always uh, bothered me about um, Chameleon Boy, right? Mm-hmm. Is I, I I assume that his costume is actually him. Right, because he can morph into whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. But what about the Legion flight ring? It's a good question. Oh, yeah, like, does that point. shape with him, or like, shouldn't everything he turn into have a Legion flight ring on it? Like, I think he'd probably absorb it. You know, like he would grow flesh around it. But I don't know. That's a good question. I know at one point um, in the five years later stuff. I mean, this is not really necessarily answering your question, but. 
in a way <laughs> where he uh, gets shot in the in the head and they think he's dead but he's like oh i don't keep my brain there anymore <laughs> and it's like i don't know i guess just the idea that he could have it inside of himself somewhere maybe but that is a good question well, okay, but okay, but say he's pretending to be Superboy, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, let's not let's not say Superboy because I think he has the flight ring. Let's say he's just pretending to be a normal-looking human. Mm. Wouldn't it look odd if that person had a lump on their finger or their one finger looked larger than? But he he could change his whole body, Rich. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I suppose he could suck it up and put it somewhere, like in his stomach or yeah, in he, his bladder yeah, or something. He, I guess he's the ultimate, like he's the it's ultimate very disguise weird. merchant man. Like that's his whole power. I've just always wondered what he does with the ring. But it's it's like what he does with his clothes. Like he he. No 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 no. He doesn't wear clothes. What? He's he's his he's costume he is him. Yeah. Mm. Which I don't know. I don't. I I guess that could be the case. I'm not sure if they've ever established that or not. I, don't know I think it is because most Durlins look like the um the guys in the hooded thing with the the tentacle faces. True. That's what he really looks like. I think the costume that you see is just what he makes his appearance right. look like. Okay. Well, I mean, I think he's got the power to... I mean, that's the old thing with the Invisible Man. Like, where, you know, in the old Invisible Man stories, he if he was wearing clothes, you could see the clothes. But, you know, it's like Invisible Kid can turn his clothes invisible. I always thought the Chameleon Boy could just... It, it, say if he had to dress up like, you know, those royal guards that, that stand inside Buckingham Palace, he can just change to be one of them wearing that uniform. That's part of his power set. How he does it, I don't know. But, like, that's just part of his power set as, as a chameleon. Like a, like a regular chameleon that's up against a tree branch can turn itself into the colour of the tree branch somehow. I don't know how, but they can. Same thing with uh, Chameleon Boy. He can, he, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here wearing a, a Punisher hoodie and a Deadpool cap on, and if he wanted to imitate me, he would wear the Punisher hoodie and the Deadpool cap. It's just part of his power. He can mirror. No, that's not what that was. My point. That's well, completely the opposite of what my point was. Well, I think <laughs> that wasn't my question. I understand. Your question is 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 the ring? Like, if I'm wearing. No, my question was, what does he do with the ring? Because the ring is not part of him. It's something that is on him that is given to him by the but Legion. So are clothes. It's not... But so are clothes. Well, he's saying that he thinks that no. he's actually naked and he just appears however he wants to, right? Like, Correct. his flesh is his clothes, essentially. Yeah, because he can morph oh. into whatever he wants. Yes, he can morph his head to look like a person with a baseball cap or oh. his torso to look like a... But, but my question is, is the flight ring mm. that he has to wear, the Legion flight ring, is not. It's a foreign entity. I so when he is disguising himself, when he is morphing, what does he do with the ring? Does he suck it up into mm. his body... Does he, you know, does it morph with him? Did did Brainiac create it that it could morph with him? Or so that's what I was just saying. I've never, I don't know if they've ever answered that question. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. point. I'm going to keep an eye out for that for sure. It's a good question, Rich. I like it. Okay. <laughs> um, well, then uh, I guess Chameleon Boy is defeated when he's buried underground, and it gets rid of Mordru's influence. Yes, the old the old weakness Which again is odd. <laughs> the old weakness to it the was a dirt. bit easy. Yeah, it was easy. Sorry. Um, I, I do want to say, I, I'm, I enjoyed this issue, though. I'm giving it 8.5. I thought it was a good one. Yeah, I liked it, too. I'll give it uh, an 8. Uh, I like Chameleon Boy. Uh, you know, I think he's one of the ones that you see a lot, and he's always kind of interesting and yeah. more interesting to look at than just another regular-looking person. Definitely. Rich? 
I'm giving this one a seven. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Despite the the flight ring. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. To be fair, that's <laughs> never answered in any qu- in yeah, any yeah. fucking legion. So I can't hold that against the. <laughs> that's fair. That, but I just it's just something where it's something that always pops in my head whenever uh, uh, there's a story involving uh, chameleon kid, chameleon boy, whichever name he goes by. Like, it's just something that's always I've always wondered what what happens with the flight ring. Like, what does he do with it? That's something actually that I always think about with. Um green lantern like i know sometimes they say that it's like invisible but they always seem to draw it even if it's supposed to be invisible or like the flash where he wears his costume in a ring yes and it's like kind of bizarre yeah well you know to be fair they have they have explained the 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 ring is that that's like subcompacted like um uh, compartment or something like that that he created it's but it's, he uh it always has a, like a lightning bolt on it which i always think would yeah, be kind of a, a giveaway. giveaway yeah great i totally no, i don't know i mean do you find yourself looking at most people's rings or jewelries when you're talking to them i guess sometimes, I don't know. I don't yeah. really some, some, sometimes if, if a guy if i'm chatting to a guy and and he's wearing a massive fucking flash ring on his hand and the flash keeps turning up mysteriously i'm gonna start putting two or two together yeah, like if he lived in Central City or yeah. whatever. He's either a big, big mm. Flash fan. A fan. He's a fan. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, they do have the Flash Museum. Maybe you got it there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, they sell, well, that's the thing. They actually sell those rings. Yeah. I think you can buy the Flash rings on the Flash Museum. So, yeah, it's actually a pretty good uh, a good way to disguise yourself. You'd be like, yeah, I'm just a fan. <laughs> that's so. a good yeah. point. I actually want to get one of those rings. I think they, you know, made some. I've actually got one. Have oh, you? nice. Was that, did they come out with Flash Rebirth or something? Yes, I got the uh, I got all the the green uh, I got all the lantern rings and then I've got the flash. Yes, I, I remember well. Rich when you got all those lantern color rings. Yeah, I have those too. I have the the two Legion rings as well, but I don't have a flash one, so I need to track that down. Do you ever wander outside the house with those rings on, Adam? Oh God, they're gigantic, <laughs> man! How are they? Okay. The most I would do is maybe wear one to like Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, something like that, but not in the streets, not just yeah, every yeah. day. No, no, they look. You know, they're nice little display pieces, all. Sure. Now we uh, come to uh, Superboy one ninety, and I do want to say I enjoyed the way that they had the panels up the top with the hands holding the different panels. <laughs> that was kind of funny, and yeah. they're telling you which way to go, which way to go, and then it's got murder the leader. <laughs> Yeah, rather than follow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this one's Dave Cockrum and Carrie Bates. Mm. And this is weird because this time they credit Dave Cockrum first, which you would expect. But yes. in the previous one, it was Murphy Anderson and Dave Cockrum, which I thought was weird. Anyway, um, it's kind of weird seeing this first page because you have Saturn Girl in her sexy costume and everybody yeah. else still looks like they're in the Silver Age. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> is that Princess Projector on the left with the P on? No, that's uh, Phantom that's Girl. Phantom, Phantom Girl. Girl. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And you got Dreamy over there uh, on the right hand side. Uh, yep. Kind of like a jumpsuit kind of thing. Um, yep. You've got uh, Ultra Boy and Colossal Boy and Bouncing Boy and. Uh, no Colossal Boy. I think maybe. Are you looking at the second page or the first page? I'm looking at the first page. Who's that, who's that standing next to Ultra Boy? Invisible Kid. Invisible Kid. Okay. And talking is that the the woman talking? Shadowlass. Shadow is Shadowlass. Okay, yeah. Who's already changed from the other um, from the other mm-hmm. uh, suit that she had on, like only you know a couple of issues ago. 
Yeah, and this is back to her original design rather than a third design, which she'll get a new design soon, but mm. uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the, basically they're feuding about who should be the next leader, mm. which you don't really see a lot generally. It's generally more friendly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, Monel, I guess, is the current leader, even though they just said that Ultra Boy was the leader. Yeah. But Monel uh, is kind of. No, I, th- sure. I think Ultra Boy, they vo- they're doing a vote now between Satangul and. And Monel, I think. Well, they say though that I thought he said he was the current leader, or he maybe just that he'd been the leader before. He's I think already, he was. He had been the leader oh, before, okay. if I remember correctly. He's already had experience being our leader, and he's the mightiest among us. And then they like see so Saturn girls had experience being the leader yeah. too, though. So I guess that's why I thought. But that. she's not the mightiest. No. <laughs> True, and, she, and she's not. one of the charter members who organised the Legion. Nobody is more qualified than she is. Um, so yeah. they've got a sort of like a. Cut out the arguing. It's time for us all to vote. <laughs> I yep. love these votes. <laughs> and it looks like Monel's leading, but then they get abducted and yeah. taken to a planet where we find Validus and Therok. I think yeah. are the two. Yeah. I really like this story. Me too. Oh, cool. Me too. Yeah. Uh, basically, they're fighting. Uh, Saturn Girl gets taken out, sacrificing herself for uh, Monel. But we find out that Validus, she sent a mental command for him to not shoot his lightning as hard. I don't think that his lightning really would have hurt Monel though, just because mm. of his invulnerability. Mm. I agree. Maybe it would have stung. Him. It would have stung, but it wouldn't Probably. kill him for sure. Right. Um, and, and then uh, Monel. Oh, okay. Taking... So yeah, Monel is going into like a whatever prison. Yeah. And um, Sadengol comes to, but she's too weak to move. And then Monel convinces he starts having a panic attack. Yeah. Going, oh my god, oh my god, but but then he obviously steals himself and he basically uh, convinces Tharok to um, uh, uh, Monel will help him become the legion, uh, the legion leader. Yeah. And then he'll have a whole, a whole army at his command. And of course, he's like, I like that idea. Yes, very well. I shall be the leader. And then uh, <laughs> Vladimir takes him out because he's been trained to take out every legion. Yeah. Uh, uh, leader. <laughs> yeah, which is a cool little twist. That he, yeah, I loved it. It's it's almost like, it reminded me of like the um, uh, you know Amazo. I was gonna say the exact same thing. Where the, the how they defeated him was disbanding the Justice League. Yeah, I think that was the Mark Millar one, right? Where they they're yeah, trying to I build up so, the yeah. forces of the Justice League, and then they defeat him by disbanding the Justice League. Yeah, like all the Justice League come there, and he's just getting stronger and stronger, and then finally like. Superman goes, I hereby disband the Justice League, and then Amazer just goes, ooh, <laughs> Really? Yeah. It was a cool yeah. story. I like, the, I like this story. This one, I'm giving an eight. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'd give this an eight as well. I, I, I actually, and I also thought the artwork was good too. Like, I, I felt that this was a step up in artwork. For sure. Um, and it's cool to see Therok and mm. uh, Validus. Uh, I was going to say earlier, they uh, got a pretty good showing in that uh what was it called? Far from home, or yes, whatever yes. Mm. it was. Definitely. And they actually have the Justice League. Oh, versus Persu- Fatal Persuader! Five I like, yeah, I like the Persuader in that episode too. I forgot to with mention he, that. His axe. Oh yeah, and also mm. Emerald Empress as well. Yeah, huh? and, and Ma- Mono, who Dave does not like. Who is it? I don't like. You don't like you. You didn't like the design, at least for Mono, when we covered him before. He's he's the guy with the glowy hands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's not even ringing a bell. So. I do like here where um, what's his name Tharok, and he gets melted down, like 
Oh, he's, he's, he's cybernetic half, yeah. His cybernetic half is just like totally melted. It's, and, then, and then you've got Monel, you're not much of a threat to us anymore, Tharog. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and then there goes Validus to roam harmlessly. He's not really bad. Tharog was controlling him. <laughs> just like, yeah, I can just let it go. You know? Yeah, and of course we find out later that he's just a child, right? He's a yeah. Saturn girls. Yeah, so. yeah. There was a good. There was a good storyline with that, where it turned out that he was. Yeah, that I think he's lightning, lightning dad and and Saturn girls. Um, one of their twins or something. Yeah, I can't remember. yeah, and transformed by Darkseid. Uh, mm. Maybe one we'll have to cover someday. That's a long way yeah, down that's... the track, though, isn't it? <clears throat> uh, we're probably getting. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, from here, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Probably, I mean, I guess probably only like 10, 15 years. But we also <laughs> find out that uh, Monel gets his uh, his confidence back. So yeah, well, it feels Gotta like Monel, you know, to me, he always seems to be struggling with confidence issues, and I know that part of that's that he was I, so long in the Phantom Zone. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's because of of uh, yeah being isolated for like literally hundreds. Of of years in the Phantom Zone, yeah, I think it it does. He has sort of a bit of an inferiority complex where he feels he's not he's not good enough, or he doesn't have the experience, or you know, just like in his time with Superman, he'll fail again, and the, you know, he, he people will die, or he'll have to be put into the zone again. So I mean, again, remember, it makes for an interesting character. He should remember it was Superboy's prank that actually led him to being in there, and then Superboy didn't actually get the cure, you know, in his whole existence. But I. I don't think he has a cure, though. Isn't it that they? it's more of like a suppressant, but if he doesn't... Brainy does at one point kind of cure him, doesn't doesn't he, um, Adam? Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where it was, starts as a suppressant and then he finds a cure and then the cure okay. goes away and then he finds a new cure. Yeah, yeah, but it is an issue. Like he, it, You are correct, uh, Rich. It is kind of like he, even when he's out, he's kind of dealing with an illness almost like if you're dealing with like AIDS or something like it's Mm -hmm. it's always in the background kind of thing and at first am I right in saying Adam he can only come out for short periods you know yeah he I think he joins in like Adventure 300 but he doesn't like actually stick around because he has to go back into the Phantom Zone until like 304 you know and honestly I I think that's cooler because I I reckon it would have been better for them to have Monel could come out, but he could only stay for like maybe a week at a time, kind of thing. You know, I kind of like that. It's like another limitation, almost like Ultra Boy, where he's got the powers of Superboy. Well, it it means that you you can't overuse him because again, like when you have characters like Brainiac or or Superboy or or Monel, it's like the other characters seem less important or not necessary. Yep. And that's the argument yeah, that Adam yeah, yeah. always has for Superboy and, you know, why he doesn't want Superboy in here all the time. But, but I, I just think with Monel, oh, it, well, it adds I, a different... I agree. I don't. But, um, but, but <laughs> it did... almost reminds me of um, something they could do with that, what you were saying, Dave, is I know uh, Rich probably read this, was in the uh, JSA at one point, Our Man is, like, in some other dimension and his son can come visit him for one hour. Mm. Uh, and he, you know, throughout the series, it's like, you know, he'll spend a few minutes there and then a few minutes there. They could almost mm. do something like that with uh, Monel, where he could only come out for like, you know, you can come out for like, you know, 10 days or something. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. it total. But it's like maybe he'll do one day here and then three hours there. Like he's like a last resort weapon would be kind of yeah. cool. Mm. I think Although so. I must say, I love his... Um, I love his more modern costume with uh, that they did in Legionnaire. 
and then they did have in the um the th well, i call it the three boot which was after the final crisis um where he had it had a bit more of the red uh, but they had like the star and uh -huh, yeah and I, I quite like that to the just the puffy red <laughs> the puffy <laughs> sleeves are kind of weird for sure okay but yeah no again good uh, good story i i, I think uh, at the end of the day again it showed good character and it showed a not like a super smart way but just a basic outwitting of your mm. your, your your foe like you know not like genius level fucking mm. then we had yes. uh, next up a sunboy episode um and sunboy hasn't had a lot to do but this was the, uh, they're throwing a birthday party for him i like the cake which has got a sunboy on it and the sparklers um yeah um real quick actually i was gonna say that last one i should shout out I love an election issue, so that yes, was really cool to see. Me too. I just no, hate that so we didn't many get to those. see the result. I, yeah, but I like. I think they're fun. Elections or um, membership drives are always a fun ones. And it ends with Sadengal saying, "Even if I don't win, this has been the best thing, you know." So yeah. that you don't actually get the 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 result of that issue. But I like this one, Sunboy, one of my yeah. favorites, and he's he's having a nice birthday party, um, and then it all goes horribly wrong. <laughs> I think Dave likes him because he's a ladies' man. Yeah, I um, But uh, he actually got a really good showing in the Silver Age. If you look back at the Adventure Comics, he's on like a lot of the covers and gets a lot of the focus in those stories, which is interesting. But he's also the only one that seems to have his own nemesis, which is Dr. Regulus. Yes. Mm. Mm. Dr. Regulus um, comes out of the birthday cake, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah. And this is his, what do they say, his 11 solar years, which equals 16 to 7, or 17 to 18 of our years. Yeah. So these guys are almost into adulthood. Um, we saw Tim, yeah, Timberwolf Dr. was there. Timberwolf was um, there in the in the picture. Um, yeah, Timberwolf. Um, I guess that's Princess Projector, Dream Girl, Bouncing Boy, Lightning Lad, mm. Shadowlass. Good, good showing for his birthday, you know. For sure, yeah. You, know, you would think everybody would be there, yeah. right? Well, you see the hand of someone as well that's passing yeah. the, the cake or about to get the cake passed to them as well. Superboy surely couldn't make it. Yeah, who who is that passing the cake in the sort of the girl in the purple crop top? I think that's supposed to be Dream Girl. Mm, I was going to say I thought it was Dream Girl. I'm glad to hear that. It's good to see that she's there. <laughs> I I like Dream Girl quite a lot, to be honest. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> uh, me too. Um, but he uh, he takes out Dr. Regulus, and Dr. Regulus basically dies. Yeah. Uh, he asks, though, to be sent to the Arion Star, and that's when we get a recap of Sunboy's origin, where he yeah. caused... He, he distracted Dr. Regulus during a, an experiment, yeah. and it caused them both... It caused Sunboy to get powers and Dr. Regulus to get fired. Yep. That's exactly and, right. Uh, and that, yep. and that's caused a bit of uh, problems between the two of them, and uh, and Doctor Regulus had quite the cunning plan that goes awry, basically. Yeah, he takes him to the Arion Star, and uh, that's when that star apparently he created and it gives him life. Uh, but Lightning Lad and Shadowlass are there hiding out, and they Shadowlass puts help him, him into out. an eclipse, basically. Um, yeah, I was kind of just trying one. to figure out though why why did he bring three? I couldn't tell if 
Lightning Lad and Shadow Lass knew, or I guess if Sunboy knew that Lightning Lad and Shadow Lass were in with him, mm. because it looks like he brought three coffins, which it's like, why did they have to hide out in other coffins? Like, wouldn't he think it was kind of weird there were other coffins there? That's a good I don't point. know. Mm. That's kind of silly. But anyway, yeah, maybe Dr. Well, that were the Necro Crystals. Actually, maybe it's a coffin ship. Maybe, yeah, I guess. Maybe, maybe it's a ship full of coffins for when they go and uh, bury people in space. No, you know, no, no, you know what they <laughs> no, were. Joking, no, joking. they, you know what they were. They were necro crystals, which in the 30th century replaced flowers. So it was like oh. those crystals were like the flowers that people put, you know, at a funeral. And so gotcha. that's what it was, because I noticed that myself. So. He, well done, Detective Dave. Thank you very much. And um, <laughs> I mean, like there are, there are no plot holes here. Uh, Kerry Bates is uh, <laughs> he's rock solid on this one. Um, yeah, you got me. Eight point five out of ten from me. Uh, Rich, where were you? Uh, eight out of ten, actually. Eight I thought it was a very good one. Um, I like that. I like that. It was also like it wasn't necessarily a, a cunning plan from the start because. It's, it shows how smart the villain was because he was adapting. Yeah. Because I think in the story he said he teleported, but he teleported too far and he couldn't get back to the star and he was running low on power. So he thought he would attack Sunboy knowing that he would be defeated. Mm. And then he would sort of trick Sunboy into sort of cremating his body or or giving his body a final respite, which would revive him. So I thought, you know, it showed, it showed that Something went wrong with the villain, but he was smart enough to um, adjust on his feet, adapt, and, and all that sort of stuff. But w- one thing I'll say: one of the reasons I like Solar Boy is not actually because of Solar Boy. It's Sun Boy. I, it always Sun, makes Sun me think Boy, of Rich. sorry, Sun Boy. Yeah. It always makes me think of uh, Polar Boy. Yeah, oh, I do like who, Polar Boy. I do. I, I like that he was a substitute that became a. Uh, and in some of the, depending on which era that you read, sort of Polar Boy and Sun Boy kind of uh, develop a bit of a. A friendship, almost like a booster beetle type. Uh... Yeah, yeah, which uh, I quite like. And so it was a bit disappointing that I didn't see. But again, it hasn't happened yet. So, <laughs> oh, you, yeah, you, so that. you were you were yeah, disappointed? Polar Boy wasn't it. here at the, at the birthday party. Is that what you're saying, Rich? No, no. So uh, Polar Boy at this stage hasn't become a popular or a right. Uh, a, 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 and obviously they don't have it. But I'm just saying it's whenever I think of Sun Boy, I always think of Polar Boy. Oh, I've got a concept. Uh, I've got this reminds me of something. And I'm glad I've got you both here. Okay, now does everyone remember um, Nightfall and there's it was, sorry Cataclysm in Batman? And there's a scene where the earthquakes happened, all right, and and Bruce Wayne is swimming through the tunnels beneath the Batcave, you know, trying to get out, like because it's all collapsed. Okay. And he he comes up in one air pocket and on the cave wall. And I said, wouldn't it be cool? If oh, D- DC went back and put on the cave wall the signs of the Bat God and stuff from like Grant Morrison's time period and Peter Milligan's time period, now what about if DC would go back and fill out the birthday party with like Polar Boy? So they go back and adapt their old stories and change their old stories to bring in kind of more modern continuity. What do you guys no. think about that? We've had this discussion before. We, no. Uh, I just thought of it then. Adam. Well, not to this one. We've had the discussion about the cave, the cave bat yeah. symbol, but whatever. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm not a fan of going and changing other people's art and stories. It's kind of like doing George Lucas's takes on Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, no, I'm not a editions. fan of that either. <laughs> Are you, would you be a fan of my, my Batman cave special edition, Adam, or not? 
Um, putting Paula Boy. I think it would be interesting. That's where you would do something kind of like Batman Earth One type deal, where you could do that story and have the benefit of foresight Mm. and integrating things like Bane or something into the origin of Batman, if you wanted. You know, where you have all the continuity at once, and you could. Kind of. I'm, I'm, I'm also just talking about getting artists to touch up stuff in old stories. Oh, I see. Yeah, I'm getting a bit more advanced than that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it's a gamble. Sure. It's sure a gamble. That. It's a gamble. You know, and you could have on it because the kids of today, with their wacky technology, have at this rich. Batman goes up. There's the thing on the. You know, they're reading it on their iPad or whatever. And they click on the they click on the symbol. It takes them to the to, to the current the the storyline that Peter Milligan did or whatever. So like it. Well, you had a word balloon it. or something where he'd be like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to deal with that." And yeah, fifteen something years like that. You know, like one of those one of those crazy symbols. And then you click on it, and it takes you to the story. That's kind of where my brain's going, guys. You know. Everything's no, one look, I mean, big. Ad. I suppose if you if you if you're talking about digital, I guess, but yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't reprint that because then you've got two different versions floating out there, yeah. which I don't I, I don't agree with. They say need to put me in charge. I'd be doing all sorts of crazy <laughs> shit like this. The special Where do you edition, stop, though, though. I mean, you got like the Court of Owls. You'd have to like draw in like oh, talons yeah. everywhere could, and stuff. Could, could, yeah, yeah I, I don't crazy. think Dave realizes the floodgate that he would probably be yeah. opening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just enjoying the concepts, and we do it selectively. And and I I take over the Batman line to do it as well. I'd, I'd obviously be the emperor of the Batman line. See, I thought you meant something more like um, at one point Paul Levitz wrote Adventure Comics, and what he was doing was he was telling, um, like Silver Age stories, but in the modern day. Like I, I would continuity. like to do that. That's kind of related to that. That is something I'd also be very interested in doing at times as well. I can. I can actually see, all joking aside, the appeal of doing that. For him, someone like him, who's written religion, going, okay, here's like five Silver Age storylines, let me adapt this into the modern, you know, kind of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's and... the more obvious thing to do. <laughs> you know, but, cool uh, idea, Dave. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. Keep us updated. Yeah, we'll keep you updated, and and Rich, I'll probably bring it up again on a, on a, another show at some point and ask you again what you think. Oh yeah, probably not the first. I'll time have I'm my right. answer ready. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> so now we come to the last one in the Bronze Age, which was Superboy one nine three. Uh, remind me what happened with this one, Adam, because I, I was not even ringing a bell. I'm sure I read it, but I just yeah. can't, um, can't remember. So this one was called the War Between the Nights and the Days. Oh, uh, this we is see the Joe Damsel. Joe more... Damsel. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha, yeah. uh, and we see a lot more costume redesigns. Mm. So that first page, we have Karate Kid and Brainiac 5, new costume for Karate Kid. We have a new costume for Shrinking Violet and Chameleon Boy. Yep. Um, we also have, I guess, probably miscoloring of Matter Eater Lad, where he's red, mm-hmm. unless they intended to change it. And a new costume for Triplicate Girl. Uh, but basically, there's this planet that's um, at war with each other for... Half it's the planet, planet of literally night and day. Yeah, exactly. And they yeah. call themselves the Knights of the Days in their own language. Right. And uh, part of the plan is uh, Triplicate Girl's new costume, where when she splits, she is two different colors, mm-hmm. which as a story reveal is kind of silly to me because it's like you could have just had Triplicate Girl, or I guess in this case, Duo Damsel, mm. dress in one color and somebody else, Chameleon Boy, dress in the other. Like you didn't have to invent this 
crazy fancy clothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh well. Um, but yeah, basically <clears throat> we approach. I don't these- know. I, I I disagree there because I think it's a good way of telling them apart because I think isn't every time she split they have different personalities. Not at this point. Uh, they're kind of more similar, and I do like the idea of the splitting. I guess it was just more the fact that they're using it as this plot device of we had to have this. Yeah. Um, we had to have this new clothing for you so that. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, I agree, but I guess they just they just wanted a reason for it. Yeah. To be the but, way it is. But no, I agree. I totally think it's better to have the different colors than just one. Um, but yeah, these two different kings—they're kind of feuding. Um, and they, the triplicate girl manages to get them both together. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, Chameleon Boy deactivates the nuclear weapons of the day people, and then the day person is going to set off the nukes to defeat the night people, and they aren't able to stop it. And uh, basically, they're both really mournful of having fought and possibly de- destroying the night people. And they're shaking hands Chameleon at the Boy. end. Yeah, well, Chameleon Boy reveals that he disarmed all the weapons, and yeah, and Which, then at the end, there's. By the way, hands. did 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 Duplicate Girl not know that that was his mission? I don't know. I think she must. Because when have... when when the de- detonator oh. like falls, she's like, "Oh no, I've got to catch it. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, all the nukes are going to go off." When shouldn't she be like, "I better catch it just in case Kim hasn't gotten all the nukes, or just in case, you know, like she seemed to be completely unaware that that's what he was doing." Well, she was doing her mission. <laughs> True. Unless she felt like it was important to play <coughs> along or was just reacting just in I, case. I, I read it that she was believe. just doing her own thing and she wasn't aware, but that was just my reading. I could be totally wrong, yeah. you know? Well, that's how I read it as well. It's kind of like she didn't seem to know that that uh, Chameleon was, was doing A the lot mission. of times <laughs> in these old comics, people are doing their own plans and don't, rev- you know, it's a, it's a surprise to everyone. Yeah, but, but the two of them were sent there together on the mission, so yeah. it's just weird to me that they wouldn't know. That's yeah, point. it was bizarre. She wouldn't know what he was doing while she was doing her part. It's a good yeah. point. I'm giving this one a 7 out of 10. I thought it was a good issue. Again, very Star Trekky to me. Yeah. yeah, very much so. It kind of reminds me of the one I was, did Frank Gorshin play somebody where they were like, no, yeah, the black, the half black, half white. Yeah, yes. was that Frank Gorshin? I'm pretty sure that was Frank Gorshin. Yeah. Okay. It is very similar to that one, isn't it? Yes, I remember that yeah. one. And in here, they get inspired by when her costume comes together and yeah. her costume lives in harmony or whatever. Yes. Uh, <laughs> quick note is this character that's the king of the day people, King John. He actually becomes a really important character later uh, in the five YL stuff. He's the leader against the the Kund forces. So just okay. notable. That's interesting. Anyway, yeah. So we want to move on to Adventure 310, unless yeah. you guys have anything else to say about the Bronze Age. No, uh, no? the Bronze Age, this is early Bronze Age era, um, but I think it's it, it's good The earliest. Stuff. The earliest stuff. Um, I would encourage readers to, and Legionnaires out there, if you haven't checked it out, continue to check it out. This is as raw as it gets. I think it gets more sophisticated. Um, but no, very enjoyable. And then we've got... Uh, oh, I was going to say, actually, just a reminder... Two issues after this, so the very next Legion appearance is Wildfire, which is kind awesome. of crazy because he feels very more modern than a yeah. lot of the stories we had before. So yeah. just interesting that it was right around the corner like that. Well, I think there were a lot of changes in the 70s as, as it all exploded. You know what I mean? I think that a lot of titles yeah. such as Legion really quite radically redefined themselves, which I guess is why it's given its own age, you know? 
Um, yeah. Oh, you know what, guys? Quick news flash. Mm. I don't know the details yet. I'm just seeing the news headline. Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes coming to DC in 2022. So, there you go. What is that? Depends though? on who's writing it for me to came. Oh, it's a comic. <laughs> it's it? Bendis for sure. It's a comic. <laughs> yeah, Justice League versus. Uh, it's gonna be Bendis. Uh, Legion. Yeah, Sounds... if it's Bendis, I couldn't give to. Well, I'll be. We'll be reading Ish. it for Signal, Rich. So you're gonna have to care enough to read it. But, but yeah, I'm not thrilled with. But you make me read a lot of things I don't care about. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, is this <laughs> is this is this Bendis's big tease as well that he's been teasing for? Um, for now, it's just looks like it was teased in this annual that's coming out. So I'll be picking that up, and then it, it probably won't actually the story probably won't come out until like January. Here we go. So it's going to be yeah, a forty-eight page annual, um, forty-eight page special written by Just League ongoing series writer Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah. And a main cover by Sanford Green. So, yeah. Um, Gross. <laughs> like we mentioned before, though, some of us are desperate for Legion content, so I'll definitely check yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so the first uh, issue is coming this I year. can't. I'm, I'm not like, even though I've been a massive Green Lantern fan for like my entire life and I've collected so much, oh. I am not collecting current Green Lantern. I couldn't care. I'm not giving them. <laughs> I'm not giving them my time, my money, or sure. my, my passion. Like, no. That's a big call yeah. from you, Rich. Who's doing Green Lantern at the moment, Rich? Do you even know? Uh, I Jeffrey do remember. Thorne. Yeah, he's the guy who basically said oh, that he hates right. Hal Jordan. So, yeah, that's really going to get me to uh, read his stuff. That's right. That, that, <laughs> that was the guy that tried to walk back his anti-Hal Jordan comments. Like, oh, no, yeah. no, I'm going to make him a main person. Yeah, sure. Because I don't know, my figure, my, the only way that I can affect anything is with my wallet. Right. So, For yes, sure. I am desperate for, you know, I'm not currently reading anything Green Lantern and it it, it it does suck. But if I give them my money and I buy it, then I'm telling them to keep making it. So, sure. no, That's I'd fair. rather, I'd I rather not the... own it. Oh, sorry, I wasn't trying to cut you off. Um, it's That's a really good point about voting with your dollar. Um Legion for me is the only thing that's like uh, buy it no matter what, and even that I almost dropped uh, when Levitz was doing it in New Fifty Two, and I didn't buy like the the Legion Lost book that came out during New Fifty Two. So yeah, you definitely have a point. Yeah, no, for sure, guys. Um, now we come to our final. You're one keeping of... Bendis employed, man. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm certainly not fucking like I'm not. I'm not spending a dime on his shit. Um, adventure, <laughs> yeah, you are, but you know, you're just, you're just, you but, and there are a few people on the websites who, are, who, who say that as well, that like, they just want to support Legion and I do get it. I just, I just wish you'd get off Legion and give it to someone else. Um, yeah. now this tells the Legion of Superheroes, it was, a, it's a Silver Age, uh, comic from, I think about 63. And I was surprised when I read this. By how dark it was and how dangerous this character was, and it was kind of almost hilarious too that he's like a little dull person, and some of some of the uh, dialogue around that was kind of quite amusing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Quite mean, quite quite spiteful, quite spiteful. Fucking teenagers, In, fucking kids. Indeed, <laughs> yeah, they really kind of give it to this guy like. Big time. They're like, ha ha, you're a midget. Ha ha, yeah, you're no. short. And it's like, I was like, Jesus, you're the heroes of this world. <laughs> I also thought it was funny that just with his prosthetic legs, he looked like a normal person, but it's yeah. like his torso would be like yeah. small. Yeah. He would have really <laughs> no, no, yeah, long yeah. legs. Well, again, that's, that's the joys of early comic books and drawing. Yeah. It's like, you, 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 it, it's whatever you need it to be. 
Yeah, yeah. I do enjoy that when they're doing a meeting, they have the nameplates there, which was which was funny because back in the day, obviously, it was all about reminding everyone who everyone was. And... No, it was for them. They, there were so many of them, they couldn't keep each other's <laughs> names straight. Possible. <laughs> so I love that. Um, look, I honestly, this is this is really a blast from the past, but I very much enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the Mount Rushmore in space as well uh, when mm-hmm. they, when they went out to space. And yeah, I mean, for me, this was a really fun classic legion issue and adam i'm I'm right in saying this would have been in in, inside those archives i've got surely this would be included in those because this feels like it's right in that sweet spot oh yeah this probably be in the first first volume uh but uh yeah it's pretty fun uh and all the legionnaires i think you kind of pretty much alluded to it but all the legionnaires get killed Mm. um except for a couple that didn't appear i think starboy didn't really show up and maybe a couple others to be fair, though, I don't think they remembered that Starboy existed. I think, like Rich said, mm. not the characters, but the creators, I think they forgot that they introduced Starboy because he didn't show up for a while. Yeah. But, uh, they eventually oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've got to say, the twist in this comic, I didn't see coming because I kept thinking, <laughs> was it going to be a dream? And Because yeah. they kept saying, such and such is dead, such and such. I was like, wow, either they're not, either they're not really dead. And, and when the twist came that it was kind of like the future version of Mr. McSpigalik, like his relative or something um descendant yeah your descendant i didn't actually see that coming at all and then it made sense and i was like ah yeah okay and then there was the well that's actually sort of, you requested bixia's pit league so that's yes. why i picked this one yeah, yeah and a great great pick as well and then the as usual the very complicated way that they get him to go back to the fifth dimension <laughs> uh, yeah exactly I, I barely followed that at first because he's like yeah, oh, reverse. I'm going to speak in reverse, and but you have the machine that's going to make me speak in reverse, so I'll speak in forward, which will come out not reversed. And I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. It was quite complicated. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, pretty decent. Um, not one of the better of these Silver Age stories. There's, you know, more notable ones and more interesting ones probably. But, uh, but yeah, fun. not too bad. It was fun. Look, I'm giving it a good 7 out of 10. Oh, look, 7.5 actually. I enjoyed the twist. I didn't see it coming. I'd forgotten that I'd asked you that, Adam, so I really didn't... I, I had no idea until he turned up, and then always with Mr. Bezalik and his descendants, it's like, okay, then nothing really matters once we get him back, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Rich, where were you? Well, I mean, it, it allows you to have that freedom of have shit go, like, literally have every single Legionnaire die. Yes. And because they kept it a secret that it obviously is a an imp, you, you, you know, because if you knew it was an imp from the start, then you knew, oh, it doesn't matter. They oh, can, yeah, for sure. It'll all be fixed by the end. So I thought it was very good that they they revealed that at the end. So then you could kind of be like, oh, thank God. Once he solves this problem, they'll all be alive. They're not really, yeah. they're not going to stay dead. But I thought, yeah, I thought it was very good that um, they kept you guessing. It's like, shit, is this like real? Like, are they literally, are they really killing off um, all the Legion? Um, it got off to a weird start because I don't, I don't quite know how... That all came to be whether he planned that, like, you know what I mean? Like, did he plan to pretend to be a hero and then have him discover that he was short and then be mean to him so that he could get revenge? It just seems the beginning seemed very convoluted, even more convoluted than the end. I agree with what you're saying. It's like, did he really upset that they were picking on him or was this all just. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Was that the plan the whole time? So, yeah. I think um, that with but these one imps, thing I'll say is this: this Miss Piglick is a lot darker than his yes. <laughs> forefather. Like, yeah. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Uh, but yeah, I give it. I give it a, a, a seven point five. Um, 
it, it was good. It was interesting. It kept you interested and guessing as to how it was going to be resolved and what was happening. So mm. uh, a good little bit of a mystery as well. Kind of reminded me of almost like a horror movie, you yes. know, where the kids yes. are being hunted by the, the killer. Um, 100%. So, yeah. Indeed. Overall uh, good. What did you give it, Adam? Uh, yeah, I'll give this one a seven. I, yeah, pretty fun, like you guys said. Yeah. Look, I mean, that wraps up a massive Legion outpost. Thank you very much, Rich. Sorry for yawning. Thank you very much, Rich, for um for attending. Thank you, Adam, for also being here and for doing so much of the heavy lifting in terms of the descriptions. Um, Absolutely. Because that was. A I great wanted to pleasure. say to Rich, um, if you ever want to come back and do you know something that you happen to have an attachment to with yep. the Legion, we should totally do that. Hundred percent. Oh gosh, that could be so many. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, Rich, next time we have you on in York and whenever, um, we'll definitely do something that's in your wheelhouse. Um, sadly, we've almost reached the end of the Kerry Bates of Legion, but um, luckily yeah. there's a lot of uh, Superman that I'm reading at the moment, so you know. Um, hey, look. To be fair, there is actually a fair bit of Legion um, oh, for the show. I mean, I mean, there is a fair bit, so you're not going to run out. No, for a while. There, there, yeah, there, for sure. There's heaps. Um, and I do want to do a bit of cross-promotion. Uh, Legionnaires, if you're listening, check out Signal of Doom. Next week, we're going to be doing Superman Secret Origin. Adam, um, you're potentially coming on to that if, you, if you're if you free. Uh, Rich and myself will be there. Um, yeah, and for you Legionnaires, the Legion does pop up in there. So definitely yes. a good listen. Exactly, yeah. And I've not read it. I've got my heart. It's very well it. told. I must be honest. I thought it was fantastic. Um the way the the Jeff Johns did that um, cameo, or we're working it into the backstory. Oh yeah, for sure. Very yeah. much, uh, you know. I'm really um, looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it, to be honest. And and I've put off reading it for the show, so it'll be my first time. I've got my hardcover. It's 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 by my chair. It's ready to roll. Um, I do want to mention uh, the Patreon Legionnaires. If you can support Legion Outpost and Signal of Doom, go to Patreon.com/slash/Signal of Doom. For as little as $1 per month, you can get access to exclusive content. <clears throat> um, we're about to do another Cinema of Doom um, that's exclusive to the Patreon members. And also, I do want to mention Signal, Signal of Doom had its most popular ever episode last week where we did um, Bob <coughs> Bob Haney, uh, Batman, Superman, Saga of the Super Sons. It's our most popular episode by some measure, actually, which is I'm really happy about because... Show numbers have been going up and up over the last year and a half, but um, we really seem to have peaked with this episode, so I'm very happy about that. And I want to thank you, because I know some of those people are the Legionnaires coming from Legion Outposts, so I want to thank you guys for that. Um, it's much appreciated. Rich, have you got anything you'd like to say to the audience? Um, your contract killing rate, anything like that? No. <laughs> no. I'll just say uh, yeah, we appreciate the uh, cross pollinization. Uh, it's always good to get uh, uh, new listeners, uh, uh, new people participating. Yeah. Um, since this is the first time I'm on here, if anyone wants to check out any of my stuff, they can uh, see my stuff on DeviantArt uh, under Rich Mags, which is R-I-C-H-M-A-G-G-Z, all one word. Cool. Yeah, check it out. Rich is quite the good artist and has done some excellent work. Some of the stuff Rich sends me, um, I'm always amazed by Adam, the computer, as always, holding the fort down. How are things? You you feel good? You feel like you're giving everything out on pitch? <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling great. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. It is always a pleasure having you on, Adam. On that note, I want to say thank you and good night. Goodbye. Goodbye.